There's been no audio contact for several weeks. Something's gone badly wrong with Round the Archives. Next Saturday, a new episode begins when Troby and Lisa meet the Doctor Who fans of Salisbury. Now we've got to find out who's editing that podcast. Biff, bash, bang, ooh, shoot, shoot, bang, oof, ooh, ee, ah, ooh, ah, ah, oh, me face, ooh, ah, boom, oof, puff, pa, bing, ooh, marmite, ee, ooh, ooh. Someone is determined to steal Troby's digital recorder. <laughs> helicopter, 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 vroom, 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 shoot, bang, oh, ooh. The people behind this are trying to interview John Chalice. Uh, hello. I don't know who's contributed to episode 16, but they certainly are human. What happened to the British fans from Salisbury? A new Round the Archives adventure starts next week. Round the Archives in the episode 16. starts for the intrepid doctor when he comes up against the invisible enemy. Contact has been made. Doctor Who, tonight at 6.15. Hello. Hello. Welcome to episode 16. Yes, indeed. Of Around the Archives. I'm Andrew. I'm Lisa. That's enough. That's it. That's all that's here. <laughs> Nobody else is Apart here. Apart from cats and they're all upstairs. Yes. Um, welcome to our, I guess it's our special for Doctor Who, for Doctor isn't Who, it? Yes, it's, um, a, it's, it's the anniversary special. That's that's the thing. So yes. we're concentrating this time around on John Pertwee and, and Tom, Tom Baker. Baker. Uh, we've got lots of material from Nick Goodman and Paul Chandler, for which we are very grateful. Yes, thank you boys. Which was recorded on location in Salisbury yes. when they couldn't come down no. because of the storm. Because of the storm. The other week. Yes. A um, couple of corrections or comments mm-hmm. about the previous episode. Um, Meet the Wife was actually a BBC programme. Yes. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. Um, thanks again to the enigmatic Higgins for that. Yes. And he's also reminded us that the um, Alice in Wonderland thing that mm-hmm. Deborah Watling was in yes. was actually a Wednesday play from yeah. 1965 written by Dennis Potter. About Aris. 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 Aris Liddell. Aris. Aris. <laughs> he was in Kindar. <laughs> yes. He was the inspiration mm. for Alice. But in, interestingly, um, the Mad Hatter mm. was played by John Bailey. Who would go on to play her father. Indeed, in yes. Evil of the Daleks. Yes. Also um, on Debbie's um, Piece. pieces, um, she was in actually Doctor in Charge in yeah. 1972 as mm-hmm. Emma Livingston in 
two episodes that's my uncle and the taming of the wolf okay and we haven't got around to watching those yet we no. have got all the doctor series we but we just haven't you just haven't, haven't quite haven't got, got that far yet um yes. what else have we been up to um mm. giving john chalice wine yeah and, and, and a chocolate and, penguin and a chocolate penguin neither last of night. which made it to the end of the night <laughs> yes um which is quite amazing because we gave him at 10 o'clock yes last night John Chalice is a guts, and that is official. <laughs> Hello. I'm not sure you should say that really. I've said it now, and uh, I don't care because he is. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, John. Um, right, anyway, let's uh, kick off then mm-hmm. with a piece um, mostly by Paul. Yes. But, but with help from Nick Goodman and, and a little bit of help. Ali Goodman, yes, Nick's well. wife in the background, yep. who can be heard. Yes. Um, so, Invasion of the Dinosaurs was yes. what Paul wanted to, to do about. for yes. his John Pertwee thing. Mm-hmm. Um, just to point out, it was recorded before the sad deaths of Paddy Russell and Dudley Simpson yes. were announced. So, there might be mentions. We will do um, a little piece on both of them after the article. Yes. But Paul's split it into six episodes. He has. Yes. Basically, they watched one episode and recorded, and recorded a piece, the piece, and yeah. then watched the next episode and recorded their thoughts on that, yeah. which was an interesting yeah. way, good way, way, way of doing it. Wait, that way you don't forget. No. Well, apart from dinosaur names. Yes. <laughs> and didn't you uh, send Paul a book on dinosaurs I, I may have done, yes. You may have done. Yes. Fortunately, he'll hear this after he gets the parcel. Yes, that's all right. Yeah. But then, let's let's travel over to Salisbury and, yeah. uh, and, and come and to some dinosaurs. Say, yes. yes. See you soon then. Bye-bye. Well, here I am with uh, Nick and Ali. We've just watched episode one of Invasion of the Dinosaurs, or Invasion, as uh, as it is on the screen title. Although uh, apparently Radio Times actually blew the gap. How did they? And and put it in Invasion of the Dinosaurs, and uh, Malcolm Hogg was none too pleased. (laughs) Seeing as they went to the trouble of filming it with uh, with that title, yeah, Yeah. it's a bit it's a bit like. um, how they uh, stuck the Dalek monster on the front cover of the Radio Times in the more recent... Uh... Oh, dear, yes. <laughs> All the Sontaran experiment, you know, the title kind of gives the yeah. cliffhanger away. Yeah. Because, <laughs> um, of course, episode one, we were used to seeing only in black and white for years That's because... Right, bootleg copies for ages, ages yeah, in black and, and white. Very moody black and white, I yeah. must admit. It was a good episode to, uh, the, to have in black and white. The DVD allows us to see it in colour now. So Thanks for uh, an ingenious invention called Chromadots, which yeah. takes the minutest bit of colour and actually expands it. And mind, the poetry story Mind of Evil was entirely uh, resurrected uh, some, with that technique. Uh, some good good moments of humour and scary bits in episode one. Uh, yeah. the, the, we were particularly noting, as far as humour is concerned, the bit where the Doctor and Sarah are having their photos taken uh, when, they're, when they've been arrested. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I think it's a spoiler. I think this is this is spoiler, uh, spoiler, spoiler alert. alert. It's nice yeah. to see Pertwee actually smiling and putting some humour in because yeah. um, he hadn't had an easy time with it. Katie Manning had left. He was very close to Katie Manning, yeah. and also um, Roger. Roger, most more significantly, Roger Delgado had just been killed. I think it was he was killed shortly after they recorded Time Warrior. Mm. So this is his first story back mm. um, after the summer holidays, as it were. And um, he's, I think, at this point, I, if I remember Liz Slayton saying in an interview, he'd already decided that he was going to go. Mm. And it's funny to think of uh, Tom Baker as just a season away. Mm. But yes, a, a lovely episode. Um, it's probably, 
it's my probably my second favourite uh, Malcolm Holt story. My first being Silurians, um, uh, but yeah, it's it's full of intrigue and and the scary and scariness of saying the um the, st- the I love some of the bits with the uh, um, pterodactyl, pterodactyl yeah. even though it does it does look attacking places. It's other points it looks blooming when it's scary. Got, its beak is shoved through yeah, the, the window. That's a very very and and, and also some of the the shots. Where it's up close to Sarah's yeah. face, and I can imagine that if that was yes, that's filmed great. done on film, it's yeah. part of a, a, a proper horror film. Yeah, that that. Uh, uh, it's um, it's that's sort of it could be behind the scenes moment really, um, but no, it's it, there's already a nice rapport between him and uh, Liz Sladen. Uh, what, what, one thing I was going to say is, as well as the humour of the photo, uh, poetry gets to do... You get to, to do a bit of an accent. Voice, so, yeah. Oh, you don't see it's not, That's not quite yeah, the way he did it. The actor's voice is not The other thing about this episode, it's, it appeals to... Um, you've, got, you've got a... Well, you've got the... Yeah. We've got uh, Brigadier and Benton and Yates um, yeah. all together. And, um, and also uh, the... the um, I've got another brain. I had another brain thing. Um, uh, oh, oh yeah, it, it, and it appeals to me. Uh, it always annoys me, but it's a good story where you know somebody's um, being uh, framed for something. Well, not fra- they're not they're not being framed, yeah. but uh, where so you know the truth and yes, the characters being sort of frustrating. Yeah. So, and also, I mean, that's that's manyfold more. In, in Malcolm Hogg's previous story, Frontier in Space, where uh, even the most basic things they, they, they won't believe and uh, you just want to grab General Williams and throw him out of a fifth-floor window, really, because he's such an arse. Well, it draws the viewer in because, you know, everyone has experience with authority figures where, you know, they've got it wrong or they're, they're not understanding or they're not listening, so it kind of it or, brings you in. Also, um, Malcolm Hogg was a dedicated Marxist, so mm. any kind of authority... Uh, authoritarian authority, yeah. should I say? He, he, he. All his stories are, uh, are peppered with with that kind of characterization, mm-hmm. um, which is you know something we we battle with t- today. Um, but uh, no, I, 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 I do love the invasion of the dinosaurs. I must admit, it's it's an underrated little gem. Um, uh, well, the monster, you know, I've, I've never been one to. Well, we've not seen the best of the other. That we've not the, the dinosaur that appears in, is isn't one of the best in this in this story. But there are be- there are better dinosaur models to come. Yeah. Um, it uh, wouldn't be difficult, but there are. Four marks to um, Paddy Russell for the uh, all the empty um, London stuff. Yeah, which yeah. is great. I mean, I, I, you know, I, I, and again with a. The, it reminds me a little bit of the uh, Survivors episode, um, Lights of London, where they managed Yeah, to... I was getting Survivors vibes, especially when, when they first arrive and they don't know what's going on. And, of course, Survivors is a whole year away mm-hmm. at this point. Well, but, we, um, we, oh, should, we should get on to... Uh, we should probably move on to episode, episode two. two. Uh, which is actually cool. It, it, in all it, forms, yes. it's called Invasion of the Dinosaurs. Episode I, I, two. I, I was saying also... Uh, the, this season has my favourite title sequence because I, I like I like the Pertwee time tunnels uh, title sequence more it's than even scan, the, as it's called. yeah more than the the one. It's nice because you you I I I'm not sure I prefer it, but I, it's a very very striking effect, and I'm I can see why it stayed on for so long with with Baker. I think it's, I think it's, um, it's, it's very well done. I think also uh, anything that 
you know, this is the one season that it is, well, other than season seven, which has slightly different versions of the title sequence, but this is the one season that is dr- remarkably different in a title sequence, and, I, and I'm a sucker yes. for changing in titles. And yeah, well, like yes, that. I mean, you yourself has instigated many changes of title sequences. <laughs> yeah, in your, in yeah I've done my own projects. Yeah. Uh, but, no, it's gorgeous. And lovely to see it in colour as yes. well. I don't, I'm glad, actually, that on the DVD you can, you've got the option, yeah, to, you got the option to watch of it both. in its original yeah. film colour, uh, film uh, black and white, and, and colourised colour. Um, yeah. Because although it's it's colourised and it's quite effective, it's not a hundred percent. It's no. still sort of it's yeah. still looking a bit washed not out. Not quite right. So, but the chroma dots did what they could. Yeah. So well, we shall go on to episode two and we will see it in well in the only it's way that it's ever breathing <laughs> colour in, in the in the proper official colour. Yes. <laughs> Well, we've just seen episode two, and um, there are some good dinosaur models in episode two. It's a bit unfair how much bad um, press uh, Invasion of the Dinosaurs gets for its uh, Tyrannosaurus Rex when the yes. Brontosaurus and the. Uh, what's the other one? Is it Diplodocus? Diplodocus. Um, no. They're two different ones, aren't they? It's the one with the spiny back. Uh, Pris- no. Uh, no. There's Triceratops a- in the last episode. Yeah. There's, um, um, anyway, the, the, the two. The two other dinosaurs yeah. that appear in the episode are, are really well animated and yeah. look completely different. <laughs> poor old T-Rex. <laughs> yeah. Mark Boland gets bad, a bad, bad press, but... Uh. There we go. But no, um, again, we're back to the full-colour tapes, so that's, that's quite nice. Yeah. Um, yeah. Nice, nice build-up of intrigue. I've always liked the uh, double act of um, Butler and... and Professor Whitaker, mm. uh, you've got two splendid actors in Peter Miles and and, uh, and Martin Jarvis, of course, household on to be a household name. And um, um, you've got John Pertwee putting about hundred sugars in his tea. Yes, <laughs> and uh, uh, and um, Mike Hicks, nice continuity to Green Death. Yes, yeah, he's, um, they reveal they reveal his sort of uh, involvement quite early. On they don't. They do. uh, they don't uh, hold it back. It's nice. You've got a. You've definitely got a, a different kind of companion with um, than Katie Manning because you uh, with Katie Manning she would uh, she would hang on the eggs every word. Mm. Uh, whereas I think um, she, you know Sarah's sort of said no no I I prefer London the way it was you know it's sort of a bit more and there's one one and then her also. Uh, Listane's facial range is so wonderful. It's yeah. a kind of <laughs> bit of peak kind of. And she does she does that uh, oh doctor type uh, acting oh, that she does yeah. she does so well in. Yeah. Uh, um, mm-hmm. that, uh, but uh, there's a lovely there's um, also I, I forgot to mention it, uh, it was during this story the making of the story that uh, round about sort of autumn seventy three when I first started school. It's quite mm-hmm. ironic because it's set in a school. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, but no, um, Sarah, yeah. Jane, Sarah Jane's a bit more mellow than she was in Time on the Yeah, Time Warrior. Time Warrior. No, she didn't say a word in Time Warrior. Yeah, yeah. Time Monster, she was really quiet. <laughs> uh, but no, Time Warrior, uh, Bob Holmes has a lot of fun with her feminist yeah. uh, thing and uh, and I think goes for it and, and gives gives her sort of a roller coaster of that kind of thing. And, she's uh, still very independent in Invasion yes. of the Dinosaurs and will continue to be. Yes. She's, but, a, she's uh, less... She's less. Uh, they don't lay it on the trowel, but uh, she she's yeah. more believably developed. I think in this story. Uh, well, I think uh, we should probably move oh, on. And, uh, Dick Barton himself, uh, uh, Noel Johnson, who 
last seen in uh, Underwater Menace is, uh, is 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 playing Grover. So mm. it's, it's quite a nice little nod to the the past as well. But, well we should move on to episode three. Episode three. <laughs> I'll just go and check. So we've just finished part three. Yes. In which Sarah gets to do lots of things by herself. Yes. It, uh, it's, uh, you can't yeah. imagine... Um, I mean, you can imagine Katie Manning... I think um, you can do the odd thing with Katie Manning, like rushing off and um, t- uh, doing the... Uh, you know, trying to rescue the professor or whatever. But yeah, uh, with, with Sarah, there's, there's, there's definite kind of journalism agenda um, and, and a kind of almost... Uh, self-centred career thing you know mm. she's, uh, but in, in a wide-eyed way that's actually uh, perfectly natural and, and, and nice but um, I have to say that's that's probably my favourite cliffhanger from the season the whole the, well not the whole season but the from the story because it's completely kind of the, what they call the dog leg um, mm. and we saw Terence Wilton who appears at the end of that episode we saw in, in live theatre Last mm. last year, and um, I like the scene uh, where Sarah visits the minister, and uh, um, it's played very well. You, Charmingly you, played by Noel Johnson. Yeah, um, you, you very be- good sets as well. And you believe you believe that uh, he, you know, because often when somebody's about to be revealed to be um, a, a baddie or or yes. not entirely a goodie, they they give it away by acting in a certain way. But yeah, he acts. It's a shame. Uh, uh, John Bennett's first rate, but. He, he gives the game away just a little bit too much by smiling at the camera yeah. at, the, at the end of the scene. <coughs> well, I, your... I, 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 you know, I, I, he, he, he's very good otherwise. Well, I remember <laughs> what, every time I watch that, I kind of feel sort of let let down by the minister <laughs> because, you know, Sarah trusts him and you yeah. trust him and then you... It's kind of... It's more of a, It's almost quite a shock that when... You stick Martin, yeah. yeah. You, you you bring with the character a certain sort of um, uh, nuance, and 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 one instinctively would trust anyone growing up with Dick Barton would instinctively trust uh, entrust him. So, uh, but no, he's, he's a good, he's a very good character. And um, the Tyrannosaurus Rex, um, I, I like I like the close close up shots of the, tri- the yes. tyrannosaurus his face is very well done I think well it's done. when they get the body to try and do something yeah. that it, it, it falls to bits a bit because um, uh, as you say the close ups of it waking up are quite good we were saying that the the close up on the tyrannosaurus rex was as well it was probably better done than something like the face of Bo well, yeah, 30 so years later at least equally done um, uh, yeah. but also uh, as somebody in the discontinuity guy once said the, the dinosaurs in this Actually, go raw. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> actually, say raw, yeah, yeah. and oh. they sound just like someone with a hangover as well. Like, <laughs> oh, dear. Um, what else have we got? We got. Uh, yeah, it was a, it was a cracking episode. I Benton get Benton gets a nice moment. Yes, yeah. um, with that that wonderful rolling of the eyes, which uh, when Sarah it, John Levine does, with, uh, yeah. as if he's been told an awful joke. Yeah. Um, but, no, that actually was... I first saw Dinosaurs in 1989 uh, at a convention, in a video room at a convention. And I, just, I came in halfway through episode mm-hmm. two, and um, it's uh, it was a story that instantly impressed me because I've not seen it before. Yeah. Um, well, no, we're only halfway through, so... It's only just begun.
So, episode four of Invasion of the Dinosaurs. The plot thickens. Yes. Uh, I, I, as I said, I still think it's a quality story. You've got a very, some very big ideas going on. The spaceship. And, yeah, I and couldn't remember who, who was in on it, who knew... But I'm still not sure. I'm still not sure who knows. Uh, well, two of them sort of were like worried that she was going to co- that Sarah was going to cause trouble. But yeah. do they know it's not even a spaceship? Ah, well, you feel I can't remember that. I know. I know it's not. I know they're not really on a spaceship. But they. I don't know who doesn't know who knows I, that. I, if any of them. If pushed, <coughs> if pushed, I would actually say um, Silurians was probably my favorite Malcolm Hulk story. But this would be my second favorite. Because it's got so many twists and turns and layers, and the recognisable sort of London setting is very well. I mean, Paddy Russell uh, deserves full credit for getting London that deserted and that shabby. Yeah, um, yeah, it does. Well, maybe not that shabby, but <laughs> well, maybe it was naturally shabby, but yeah. it does look shabby. But, I wasn't uh, sure about the uh, pterodactyl. He looked. Um, no, he's, he's. He didn't look as good as the one in episode one. No, he, perhaps he, they'd run out of quality pterodactyl. He was a stud. Uh, well, yes, they'd uh, they'd, <laughs> they'd all bugger up. All, yeah, all the ones on film look great yeah. uh, and quite frightening. But this was the emu one. This was the it? emu one, and yeah. the, uh, and uh, the sound effect sounded like a, <laughs> a, a a woman running away from a spider. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, but yes, <laughs> also. An audio version of the end of uh, the Belly Hill show. The cliffhanger dinosaur looked like one of the better ones. So. Yeah, not too bad. It was a bit arthritic in the leg. Yes, it was a bit. Um, but a lovely, lovely cliffhanger again. Um, mm. uh, it's Looks interesting. Like... Pertwee. Um, this is, of course, his last season, mm. and uh, with Tom's last season, he's looking emaciated, bored, fed up, uh, can't be bothered to look at people. Pertwee, you can see there's an aura of sadness about him. Because he's just lost his best friend. Because mm. uh, Roger Delgado was killed earlier that year. But he's still... Giving it his all. He's still professional and very much on top. So uh, even, that, it, even though Tom's my favourite doctor by a whisker, um, I, I would say Pertwee I, comes across as more professional. I prefer... Um, I prefer... Um, <laughs> I prefer... Um, you know, in the early seasons of Pertwee, yes. his hair's kind of hasn't properly gone grey. It's a bit brownie yeah. in places. It's a little bit faffy around. You yes, know, but by this, yeah, by this point, it's got proper, yeah. you know, proper, it's proper grey. But he must have gone grey very young because um, he's he's two years younger than um, Noel Johnson. When that you see a scene with them together, he, he he's. I mean, it's probably lots of Grecian two thousand, but, um, but, uh, but no, a very enjoyable episode. I um, it's a shame that um, my, this doesn't this story doesn't register more on Martin Jarvis's uh, radar because mm. obviously Web Planet does because it was his first job, mm. and he likes Vengeance on Varos. I know. Mm. Um, with this one, I think he just did it for his kids, and yet I think Butler is is probably the most satisfying role as a viewer to watch because he, he's he just looks so kind of like decent and, and yet he's, he's working for the bad guy they do explain that in the book yes but mm. um but yeah he's uh bring it here bless him uh, nick courtney does bemusement so well <laughs> uh, and good use of the unit guys mm-hmm. uh with um, benton and, and yakesy i love the yakesy trait a bit mm. I, I think it's a lovely lovely twist and um, Liz Sladen, what can I say? I mean, she's she's terrific, isn't she? Um, oh, she'll uh, 
Shall we move on to episode five and see whether I uh, get some of my answers? <laughs> I have. I'm so glad you've forgotten. I know. It's, it makes, <laughs> makes it so much fun. <laughs> I, <laughs> here we go. So, episode five. Yes, indeed, yes. Uh, with a lovely moment with um, John Levine there with with Ben Tyler, oh, yeah. where there's a there's a lo- lovely moment with the brigadier and a lovely moment with the doctor where he lets him overpower him, mm. um, and it's it's nice because the the Venusian karate has been established by now, so uh, the the fact that he didn't actually need to kind of take him by surprise or overpower him because he, he he'd um, he'd uh, just let him do it for the sake of. I really do feel for Sarah. Literally, every person she trusts who should be trustworthy isn't trustworthy at all. Yeah, I mean, it's it, it's um, if if it was Joe Grant, she'd just look like an idiot. But with with Sarah, because she's actually working out large portions of the plot, yeah. which is quite nice, and on her own as well, she's doing a lot of work with yeah. the Doctor. Yeah. Um, in actual fact, with a lot of Time Warrior was her... Well, I mean, she's just proactive in Time Warrior as well, but um, a lot of it is Holmes having fun with, um, you know, the whole the women's lib thing. Um, Where it's actual fact interesting, we've just been watching the um, technical credit, you know, the, yeah. the, the mm. subtitles, and this is the first episode that was actually script-edited by Robert Holmes, mm. um, which is ironic, because he, he, he's bookended with... Um, John Bennett, who's in this story, and and his yeah. last story, uh, last story for Hinchcliffe, had Talon's Wayne Chang was was also had John Bennett. Uh, Sarah has like, the courage of her convictions and walks out. Yes, out of the spaceship, which isn't the spaceship. It does. Um, it, yeah, I mean the, the novelisation does say. I just hope I'm not lying late, <laughs> like this in space some minute from now. Yeah. <laughs> she's not in the in the book. She's she's. She's, she goes for it, but she's, she's just mm. hope, hopes to God she's right. <laughs> There's some good, um, uh, some good sort of helicopter flying shots that I wonder, is that stock footage or is that done especially, especially I, for the show? The, it seems, to, I don't think, uh, unlike the Sea Devils, which is sort of like um, Doctor Who and the stock footage <laughs> invasion, I, I, don't, I think it was actually specially shot because mm. it, it matches the... Yeah, the, 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 the location. Yeah, I mean, uh, as I say, yes, strictly speaking, it's it's Mac Holt doing some padding, but it's actually quite a nice sequence. And uh, at this stage, obviously, things like Army and they're, they're all well done uh, because they, they, they've had a lot of practice. And we, um, we and got, but we walked through the whole thing unarmed, which I, I, is another nice. And we, we get the a mix of... Good, good-looking dinosaur. Hey, good-looking dinosaurs, and um, shoddy-looking dinosaurs. Well, what's yeah. weird is, um, and the poor old pterodactyl comes off. Uh, not pterodactyl. Um, Tyrannosaurus um, Rex. Um, Tyrannosaurus Rex comes out worst. Whereas the, the Stegosaurus and the oh, um, yeah, there is one called an and dong 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 dong. The the, the, thing. the, the um, oh, <laughs> I think that's a bit. The, that that one that, that one that ends up in the yeah. in the underground later on. It's, that, Triceratops. They're, they're quite well. Triceratops. That's right. But there was that one, the outside Smithfield Market. That was one I didn't even recognise the name of. But that uh, was the, cool. the one with the long neck. Yeah. Um, um, the, yeah. I I uh, I actually think what's weird is you've gone from film location work uh, with with good you know the, the, the good film location work with crap dinosaurs 
and now we've gone from good dinosaurs to, to crap background. Uh, Which, I mean, considering the restraints, I mean, the story holds up very nicely indeed. Thank the, you. the show notes said that one of the dinosaurs was eaten by the National Theatre or something. I don't think the <laughs> National Theatre is particularly... I don't know that you'd have known from that shot. Well, no. It's, it just it, looked like the back, it, it, it back alley like, somewhere well, down like Coronation a, a, Street. Just a horizon sh- yes. It just looked like a horizon shot. Um, but nice, nice baddie interaction. Um, Peter Miles, of course, um, excellent. And, and, you know, there's a nice nice little crowd going there. The, uh, the, they had a go with doing the time thing. The, time warp. The, the time warp. You know, the smashing. Oh, the, oh yeah. The that's, a, that's a nice little sequence, and and uh, a very gay look from uh, from Peter Martin Jarvis to uh, Noel, uh, Noel Johnson. I think. I think um, <laughs> he thought he'd uh, he'd thought all his Christmases had come at once. Yes, <laughs> but I I, lo- I I love the fact with you, this is even more evidence in the next episode. I love the fact that despite finding. Uh, uh, Grover's scheme abhorrent. Uh, actually, you get the feeling that Sarah's got a soft spot for the minister. You know, he's not a he's not a typical Pertwee idiot uh, when it comes to politicians. Most politicians are actually unlikable and bigoted and everything. Uh, well, she's going to come away. Grover, Grover's very uh, Grover's a nice guy, but he's just mad and mm. bad. <laughs> it just <laughs> but it's um, it's a really really bad lesson. It's a really bad lesson for about men. You can't trust any of them. I know we're all bastards, darling. <laughs> <laughs> but um, no, a, a, a little bit let down by the cliffhanger because um, um, we've gone from two, we just had two really good cliffhangers, and now we've gone back to oh, dinosaur. Yeah, <laughs> didn't see that one coming. And um, it's, a it's, a, it's particularly do- dodgy shot of the the pterodactyl. Yeah. Uh, oh, no, the T-Rex. big one, the big one. T Rex. <laughs> T Rex, yes. Mark Bowman. It didn't look a bit like Mark Bowman. <laughs> well, 1973 wasn't too bad a year for T Rex. It wasn't their no, biggest year. But, uh, yeah. Um, episode, <laughs> episode uh, is this story got a traditional, hasn't got a six, uh, six parts, but sometimes six parts have two or four broken into two. I don't think I, it's. Well, we, I, I think the dog leg. Uh, the traditional six-part dogleg can can be considered the spaceship. Yeah, I mean, I don't think without I don't think you would have stretched in six episodes without spaceship. But that comes in a wick. It comes in halfway in the, through. Yeah, so that's he, a bit unusual. It's a, a diff- dogleg halfway up the dog. Yeah, that's a bit um, different. That's but, a bit different uh, to the usual structure yes. of six parts. Well, I think it's only really I think later on when the the six-part became like a four the traditional two-part two dogleg either end. Yeah. Well, um, Diverting a little bit here, I think it was actually quite clear of um, Seeds of Doom to actually get their dogleg out of the way first, and then <laughs> the main part of the story. Yeah. So uh, that that works quite nicely. Because I think it works got... better than in Talons, where I can't I kind of find the last two episodes. Yes. Of kind, it's kind of it's been run out of steam, and it's kind of like yes. You could almost have got it done in a four part, and then 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 had the then had them back, and had the same character, had the the the, the theatre. Um, you back in the next season or something. Oh, yeah. <laughs> another story uh, with them but I mean uh, I, uh, g- g- Seeds is the most effective um, uh, six part dog leg because um, you've got a really action packed episode 2 whereas usually episode 2 dum de dum dum can't show you too much now because <coughs> it'll give away the plot dum de dum dum where you've got jeopardy and villains and, and, and you, you've, that's a super episode 2 okay. um, but uh, 
but no, uh, this it it just it doesn't drag because there's there's a lot of intrigue going on, mm. um, and um, and uh, so, something something very big. Yes. Well, but, we better get on to episode six yeah. and okay. see what happens. Let's see what happens. <laughs> So, well, I keep saying episode six is actually part six. Yes, we went to get it right. Well, that was the last episode of Invasion of the Dinosaurs. Next week, Nick gets chicken pox. So I've got <laughs> chicken pox. Uh, uh, Death to the Daleks. I remember the, I, I, I remember it, but um, I, I see from my mum's diaries that I not only lost my grandfather, but, uh, but um, got, got chicken pox. Um, during Death of the Dark. Two tragedies so in one my, week. This is, this, this Makes is, you sound like a very good young lady. This is, this is my granddad's last story. Is it? Oh. Uh, you didn't spot him, did you? No, I didn't. <laughs> no. Anyway, yes, um, very satisfying last episode. Very lots of action, lots of kind of, ooh, are they going to get there in timey kind of things. Special, and a special lovely effects. little scene with Yakes, uh, where, where the doctor tries to persuade him otherwise. <laughs> and there's a sort of sadness in the, in, in the, in the, to that because they, they've been through many poetry adventures with him. And when Benton is, gets to biff somebody on the nose. Or... Yes, that's very, a lovely, lovely moment. Where, yes, I'm very sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I, I remember that, the, bring the, I remember that getting a lot of laughs when it was shown at the uh, um, video room in uh, Honeycomb in 1989 when I first saw this story. See, as much as he... Much as he doesn't want to get biffed on the nose, he knows that the guy's doing a good job. Yes. With his heart of hearts, he knows, he knows mm. that... Yeah. Um, lots of familiar faces. There's um, Colin, Colin Bell from uh, Sea Devils. Uh, <laughs> he was one of the um, submariners in Sea Devils. Um, good, good, very good monster. Uh, we had a good um, dinosaur in the... I forget what it's called, uh, but it's uh, it's in the underground. That, mm. that was a nice, quite a nice shot. Until the Brigadier walks into it and you realise yeah. it's CSO. It, it's actually quite a good shot. There's some nice um, dashing shots of Pertwee watching okay. the dinosaurs in, on film. Yes. Well, no, he was on film. The dinosaurs weren't. Yeah. In fact, the dinosaurs fighting was particularly fun. Yes. I, I just had to imagine if they had um, kind of done it in real time. I, I just had this mental picture of um, uh, Paddy Russell playing with these two dinosaurs yeah, it, it was. <laughs> you know, with the foreground. You know. But uh, no, so uh, excellent all-round story with uh, with some lots lots of layers, mm. lots of some very good. And Dudley just sounds like sounds like he's having fun all the way through, mm. as he always does, which is an, another sort of a link to some of the other stories we've been talking about. Um, uh, it was yes, I did mention Dudley on that, didn't I? Yes, um, but yes, he really knows how to. Um, Keep keep the new, and he's still with us. He's he's ninety five now, but mm-hmm. he's he's still with us. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, um, you said you needed to mention Warren. Warren, yes, yes, a big big thank you to. I mean, he, he was always interested in unit, and he I think he used to kind of he used to salute me in a unit style when he when he would say goodbye to me. But a very very big thank you to Warren Cummings, who um, bought me this um, I, when it came out on DVD in two thousand and. Twelve, I think it was. Um, financially and morale-wise, I, I was feeling very low, and I happened to mention that I was looking forward to this. And bless him, he bought it for me. And um, I think I, I, re- I returned the favour by sending him an, a, a DVD. But um, I, yeah, I, it was so. I, I this DVD box set with this and Android Invasion. Um, I owed to Warren, and 
and because he was so interested in unit it feels appropriate somehow um mm. but uh no so i'm i'm very i'm very grateful to him but uh, we would have met up with him today which uh, which would have been nice because it's been about 12 years i think um 12, maybe not 12 10 years something like that mm. um but uh yes he was always uh interested in the in the sort of poetry years well thank you for Thank you for reviewing this story. It's been a me. pleasure. I mean, it's, uh, as I say, I don't remember it when I was a kid, but uh, um, I'm I'm glad I've re I'm glad I've rediscovered it. It's the mm. sort of thing that would have intrigued me, I think, when I wanted it equal. Yes. Yeah. Still, it's an, always an enjoyable one. <laughs> yes, and you were born during it, weren't you? <laughs> yes, I don't remember that I, either. I, I, yes, it, it looks like you were born sort of more of sort of episode five ish. Yeah. In, um, in and now, movie. ironically, I am a dinosaur. Thank you very much to Paul. Yes, thank you, Paul. And to and, Nick. And Nick. And, and Ali, who was there as well. She was. You could hear her in the background a bit. Yes. yes. Um, you wanted to say about Paul's attempt at a dinosaur name, yes. <laughs> which, made us, think... which made us laugh, yes, didn't it? I think he just, we obviously just made that up. I think he was thinking it's... it's um, John Pertwee describes it as an apatosaurus. Mm. I would have known it at that time as a... Well, I wasn't very old at that time, but when I was old enough to look at dinosaurs, because I love dinosaurs, mm. um, as a brontosaurus. Mm. But I think it's more commonly known now as an apatosaurus. Because there is the line, the brontosaurus is large and placid and stupid. And stupid, yeah. yeah. Well, it's stegosaurus, isn't it? No, no, that was the brontosaurus. Is it? Yeah, it's in oh, Robot, okay. part one. Oh, that's in yeah. Robot, yeah. yeah. I mean, John Levine. Yes. yes. <laughs> um, but um, yes. you just wanted to say about... Paddy Russell, also, yes. Dudley Sim Simpson, Sim yes. and Scott Fredericks Scott as well Hendricks. now. Yes, yes, yes. It's been um, a heavy toll this last week of, of John um, Pertwee, Tom Baker, guest stars, directors yeah. and, and, and musical yeah. Um, yeah. people. Uh, we will do a fuller tribute because yes. obviously this issue is running rather long now. We don't want it, or, to. Use... This, this issue is already two hours. Yes. <laughs> we don't want to make it too much longer. So in issue 18, which will be in January, Mm -hmm. We will do tribute to all of those people. Yeah. So that'll I mean, be a roundup to Dudley, I certainly want to talk yes. more about. Yeah. It's noticeable that um, we're going to mention um, a lot of stories that they worked on in the rest of this, rest issue, of this issue. Because so, what we're doing now yes. is uh, a chat with Warren yes. on the sofa where mm -hmm. we're going to do a sort of season poll yes. thing, aren't we? So of, we're going through the John whole Pert of. John Pertwee, and then later on um, we'll do, do Tom, Baker. Tom Baker as well. Yes. And we'll just vote, f we're going to vote for our favourite story just on for, the spur each, of the moment. for each season. Yes, we try not to think about it gut, too much. Gut reaction thing, yes. isn't it? And just to say yeah. what we like about each, each story, story we've chosen. Yeah. And so, there will be some surprises in there. Yes, I was surprised yeah. by some of the yeah, things. Yeah, I was surprised yeah. by some of the things as well. Yes. So we'll do that. Yes. And then Nick and Paul will return. Yes. <laughs> to talk about two to Tom some, Baker some stories. Some Tom Baker stuff. Yeah, mm. So, yes. So yes. see you all soon then. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. Hello. 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 Warren is here. Yes, I'm he here. is. We're on the, yes. sofa. on the sofa. Yes. And we're going to go through seasons 7 to 18. So John Pertwee and Tom Baker. Tom Baker, and yeah. pick our sort of top stories per season. Per season, yeah. And our sort of highlights of the story, the story whether it be yeah. a scene or an actor or a line or, or, or something yeah so season seven john pertwee's first yes spearheads in space doctor who and the siderians the ambassadors of death and inferno 
Best story, Lisa. Inferno. Okay. Yeah. Warren? Silurians. Mm. I'm going to vote for Silurians too. So, Lisa, yeah. What's, yeah. what's the best thing about Inferno? I like all the alternative world stuff. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's interesting looking on a world that may have been. Yes. And, and characters that we know quite well by this point. Yeah. As being completely different. Well, Nick Courtney always used to say he was yeah, it's very Nick, fond Nick of Courtney. it. Yeah. Well, Nick Courtney, because he gets the chance to do something other than just be the brigadier. He yeah. gets to be evil and he has an eye patch and a scar and, <laughs> and he gets to be a coward. And Yeah, it's a great story for him. It's probably one of his strongest. And that's nice as well. I like the brig, so. Okay. And yeah, it's an interesting idea. It's an interesting idea. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I, I guess it's a kind of disaster movie. And I like disaster movies. Oh, yeah, movies. it's a good thing. Yeah, I know you like so that sort of thing yeah Warren Doctor Who and the Silurians Fulton Mackay Fulton Mackay purely Fulton Mackay purely Fulton Mackay okay Um, the first time I ever saw Fulton Mackay was in Porridge that's all I ever associated him until I I, the only other thing I'd ever seen him in was Porridge and this was the next thing that wasn't Porridge that sounded rubbish can I do that again please no carry on damn you (laughs) damn you Um, no Fulton Mackay is brilliant in that Uh, and that's all I have to say, really. I mean, he was up for the Doctor. <laughs> do you it think? Yes. Do you think that would have? Would it would have been, been interesting. interesting. Can you see season twelve with Fulton Mackay in the part or not? Fulton Mackay was a perfectionist. Yeah. When it came, he was very much like Leonard Rossiter. He was perfectionist to the umpteenth degree when it came to rehearsing for things, mm. and I think he he wouldn't have made it as spontaneous as John could. Yeah. Tom, you mean? Because he he was he was he was up for the part for season. Oh, sorry, season my 12. apologies. Yeah, 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 Tom. Yeah, yeah. But for this, you've got a lot of old hands on screen mm. here, haven't you? You've got Nick. You've got you've got John, yeah. and you've got Fulton as a guest star. Yeah. Uh, and, and he's just brilliant. I, I, I mean, it's, it's it's a shame he doesn't last longer in the story, actually. Because yeah, yeah. He, he sort of he's out about halfway through, isn't he? It's yeah. a shame. But uh, I, mean, I do love Silurians as well. I love all the plague stuff in mm. Silurians because it's a little bit of survivors. Yeah. What I what I like about it is the range of the story. Yeah, it does. I, I, it goes a long it, way. It's, it's, it's a story that really makes use of its seven seven parts. So it, it's it starts off, you know, in contained in the in the caves and the base, and then you know you eventually get the, all the plague scenes and stuff in London. So it's got a real feel of... And Peter Mars's slow the action, breakdown yeah. to that scene where he's he jumps onto the desk, doesn't mm. he? Mm. But it's got a real feeling that the events have consequences, I Absolutely. think. Absolutely. Yeah. I think most for, for what would be classed as, in those days, a children's programme mm. or family entertainment, that, that scene filmed at Marlebin Station... Yeah. Where people just fall to the ground, yeah. don't they? Right, let's jump yeah. on ahead. Uh, season 8. Terror of the Autons, The Mind of Evil, The Claws of Axos, Colony in Space, or The Demons. Or oh. All of them because they have Roger Delgado in. Okay. Uh, Roger Delgado is possibly the best thing that's happened to the Pertwee in next to John Pertwee. Right. He has such a presence... And to a certain extent, he overshadows the Doctor a lot, um, and so much so with his, especially his theme music, isn't yeah. it? And I know that did miff John somewhat, didn't it? Well, John was worried about it because there's that story about the Radio Times cover for Terror of the Autons. Yeah, John said people were coming up to him saying, "Oh, I see uh, 
Roger Delgado's taken over as the doctor. Yeah. You know. <laughs> that's because people are stupid. Oh, well. yeah, that's but when Roger, when you watch Roger on the screen, if he, if you look into his eyes, he's giving you that. You will obey me. Oh. You will obey me. And you, he, he, the hairs go up on the back of your neck. We, we have got. Is it Arrivals of Sherlock Holmes that? Yes. Roger Delgado's in. Yeah, yeah. he's and in that, and he's in a yeah, Sergeant Cork as well. Oh, that's true, yeah. 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 And he's the Spanish ambassador to Francis Drake, which no, will never, get mad into Washington. never would do parts like that, surely. <laughs> yeah. At some point, and but yeah. He, he, he another, is another established actor that will be known to the audience, Yeah, but that he is so, he oozes such darkness, but it's not the person he was, is it? Yeah. He was a pipe and slippers man, as, uh, <laughs> as they said. Quite right, Jim. Mm. Lisa, best story out of those five. It's a toss-up between Mind of Evil and The Demons. Right. And I think I'm going to go for Mind of Evil, actually. Yes! Because it's, it's a very adult story. Yeah. For this point in Doctor Who, to have a story set in the prison with all that implied violence and... And, and it's really nasty. Yeah. It's really nasty. Yeah. And Considering it's, yeah, they're it's... all being killed by Fisher Price robots, <laughs> but it is. But it's not. William Marlowe. Oh, brilliant. he's, he's yeah, fantastic. He's, he, he's just really evil. He is evil. Yeah. He's evil. Um, but yeah. yeah, it's a great story. It is, and I think it's the master's best. And as you say, it's yeah. a it's a diversion from your normal Doctor Who fare. Then, isn't yes, it? yeah, because you all you've got the stuff with the peace conference and stuff yep. at the prison, and so yeah, it's it's yeah, mind of evil. I'm going to vote for the demons. Uh, but partially because I read the book first. Yeah. Because um, I remember when the book came out, I was quite scared of reading the book because of the cover, because it had the devil on the on the on the on the cover, and it's it's a fantastic book because it it really gets into the minds of all the characters. Um, so when I came to see the story on television, I had a lot of sort of backstory already that wasn't necessarily on screen so that I think that helped me I, I know I'm in the sort of 90s there was a, a sort of period when people in fandom were seemed to be a, the Pertwee era seemed to be a bit out of favour and I know everybody that worked on the demons loved it and, and people seemed to sort of go against the story a bit because of that but I think um, you know I've been to the village and uh, growing up in the village atmosphere i think that 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 helps me enjoy that story and it, it's just it's just slightly strange there's a, there's a strange atmosphere about it that the weird things like the the signposts going around and things like that so it, it, it's it's the show being a bit unusual i think it, it it's it's not falling in into a format at, at that point but I, I, th I do i do think that book really does help me to see more than is necessarily on screen in that story but uh... see now you've said that i think that's why i like maybe why i like the mind of evil because i had the mind of evil and um i think it's the demons actually, no, it's axos in, axos, it's, yeah. in an omnibus i know it's upstairs in, yeah. yeah in the you know and my mum used to go to doctor who classics doctor who classics yeah, yeah. I, my mum used to go to a lot of hospital appointments yeah and if i had to go i would always take a book with me yeah. to read and I remember reading Mind of Evil while we were waiting for the appointment to finish. Yeah. So, yeah, I guess that's probably why I like Mind of Evil, because I read the book. Okay. Season 9, Day of the Daleks, Curse of Peladon, Sea Devils, Mutants, Time Monster. Lisa. Uh, oh, I'm going to go for S Curse of Peladon, actually. Curse of Peladon? Curse of Peladon. Why the Curse of Peladon? Um, 
because I like David Troughton. Right. He's really good in it. It's, he's quite sweet. He's a romance with Joe. Um, Alpha said, stop doing that. Woman's making puking signs. <laughs> um, <laughs> Alpha Centuri's quite um, interesting. interesting. Alpha Centauri came back. He did. Mm, yes. Or she did. It did. <laughs> and um, it's nice the way it subverts the Ice Warriors. Okay. That they're not the villains. Yeah. So, yeah. Warren? I'm waiting for the bullets at this point. Oh, go on. Shoot me down. I actually like the mutants. Ooh. Good eh? I, I, I like I like surprise answers to this. It's trying to do a lot. Yeah. With what it's got, um, and and what it's got is is is, is um, uh, Rick James. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Who I quite like, but can't act in that at all. Okay. No, I'll, I'll go yeah. with that. I'll go with that. But there's some interesting things in that production values are stretched on that mm -hmm. to a great deal to the point of breaking and i think that they made a damn good effort with what they had yeah uh, I, and i do actually like the story okay it, it because it's ex-colonial um shadows of the past yeah. isn't it yeah it's interesting and i, I do like that story it's better than the dalek voices and dead <laughs> i'm gonna say the sea devils um because i like stories that I have a lot of filming, um, which you which you get, uh, all set in a sort of local area here, because um, it's all the Isle of Wight, Portsmouth, and I th I think there's there's a mystery about the story again, that the feeling that we don't know everything that's out there. I I, I don't think so. I think you just want to own a two ZV with no doors on. <laughs> <laughs> No, I get, I get where you're coming from. Yeah, the, the, again, it's it's got it's got an atmosphere to it, um, and anything set on the Isle of Wight is always a good excuse it's for also me. Also, the mystery of the deep, isn't it? Yeah, because the the in some parts of the world, the the sea is almost bottomless, hmm. isn't it? I mean, we yeah, don't know what's down there. Yeah, but don't don't forget how much of this planet is actually made up of ocean. Yeah, and as you say, unexplored. So, and the number of species that being discovered each year yes but yeah it, it, mm. and and it, it's just that simple imagery of the sea devils coming out of the sea yeah. okay. even if the stuntmen are cursing yeah because <laughs> <laughs> they're drowning <laughs> but and i know terence dix doesn't like the string vests either i was I about think, to go for the string vests i think they're brilliant there. yeah all the bakewell tarts that they fire yeah. at people with it's, yeah. a, it's a real strong image again it's it's that picture from the doctor who monster book there's a yes. great close-up of, of, of the sea devil and some monsters you shoot in close-up and they look dreadful uh but they, like these the designs they, they really they really stand up to the camera lens getting like in the close here's around the corner yeah yeah in the, in the um, military base yeah but yeah I okay i see where you go with that right season 10 oh. three doctors carnival of monsters frontier in space planet of the daleks the green death warren this is quite hard i think this one. this one is really hard and i'm going to go with the gut instinct mm -hmm. Because there's quite a few there that I like, yeah. but I'm um, I am going to go with Frontier. Frontier in space, okay. Because it's Doctor Who's Star Wars, All right? And I like that idea. It again, it's it's a bit like the mutants, but they have that the model works fantastic on it. Mm -hmm. I like uh, the Ogrons appear again, and I'm. Um, <laughs> 
<laughs> I think the Ogrons are brilliant value. They really are. Um, sadly, it's Roger's last mm. last story. Um, and he's not as evil as he was. And I quite like the, the scene where Joe says, I'm not scared of you anymore. Yeah. I can beat you. And it's at that point, um, I think the Masters time's up anyway. Yeah. But it would have been nice to have seen the last confrontation between the Master and the Doctor as per to his last story. Uh, but there are some damn good crackers there. Um, you know, we're looking... Carnival of Monsters is fantastic. But... Um, and Green Death. So I'm still going to stick with Frontier. Okay. I quite like... It's a romp. Yeah. And that's what I like. It's a jolly romp through... Out in space. They've been earthbound for ages. They're out in space. Lisa... Ah, see, now, it's, again, it's between two. It's between mm -hmm. Carnival of Monsters mm -hmm. and Planet of the Daleks. Mm -hmm. And I think I'm actually going to go for Planet of the Daleks. Ooh. Because it's... You're surprising me here. It's fun. Okay. I like it. It's, I like all the stuff. I know it's rubbish. Terry Nation's with, with, greatest hits. Yeah, I know. And I like all the stuff with the hot air balloon when they're going really slowly Aww. up into the, in, up the air chute and... Um, yeah, I just like it. It's it's it felt it was I I saw it the first time in the in the repeats in them. Um, Ninety three. Ninety three. Yeah. And it was exciting. It was a Doctor Who story I'd never seen before, and it was on the television. It is exciting, isn't it? Yeah. It is because it's quite paced, isn't it? Yeah. So yeah, it's yeah. I think maybe maybe it's because I saw it on the television first rather than on. Uh, no, did it? Was it out on video before then? Mm, I'm not I sure. I think it was on. No, I think it was the sh showing was out, was yeah. before the yes, because yeah. Planet of the Darks was quite late yeah. on the VHS. Yes. So yeah, I think that's the reason. Yeah, it's that feeling of oh, it's oh, it's not, it's Doctor Who I've not seen before, and it's on the television. Carnival of Monsters for me, um, mm. because I just love how much fun Robert Holmes is having <laughs> yeah, writing is, the yeah. script. Yeah. yeah. Um, um, some people say it's the point at which Robert Holmes's true writing voice emerges that he's not afraid to you know have fun with it and have some humor and some satire he satirizes the show very well yes. as well doesn't he yeah. I, I mean it, it's 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 a novel idea for for Doctor Who um and it's just bright and colorful and again it was repeated in 1981 mm. and mm. I'd read the book, and in the unlike the demons, the the book hadn't really inspired me. But then seeing it on screen, it, it really sort of exceeded what I was hoping for. It's a Russian doll of a story, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's, it's, it's just love. so cleverly done. Yeah, it, it's it's story within a story. It's within a story. it's it's a re, it's a real real pushing the boundaries of the sh yeah. of, of what. You can get away with in the script. I do like yeah. the bit with the chickens, though. All right. Where yeah. John Pertwee starts to talk alien to the chickens, yeah. and then Joe's like, "They're just chickens." Katie's very proud. She does the noises herself. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, John's last season then. Time Warrior, Invasion of the Dinosaurs, Death of the Daleks, The Monster of Peladon, Planet of the Spiders. Lisa. Oh gosh. Um, I'm going to have to go for Time Warrior. Okay, yeah. why? Because uh, it's historical, that historical stuff. Yeah. I like the Sontarans. Um, Vladax's horse is showing off at the camera. 
<laughs> it's tossing its head a lot and, and going, there's a camera there, look at me. <laughs> and it's just a great story. It's a great story. Right? Robert Holmes is best. I'm with you on that one all the way. Uh, mm. Although my first memory of who is the Brigadier and the Doctor driving underneath the dinosaur, an invasion of the dinosaurs, mm-hmm. uh, I love Time Warrior. I can sit and watch Time Warrior ages it's, it's abs- and spot little bits that I've never spotted before and I think it's great fun and they did manage to get potatoes several centuries early though <laughs> I did like the bit where um, they say put an arrow into his gizzard he said I, I don't, that's jolly unsporting old chap <laughs> but I thought that's pure pertwee isn't it but yes but, Time War is great fun and it's Bob Holmes again yeah. at his best he's firing on all four cylinders now yeah. he's on a roll as you <laughs> young people would say <laughs> boom <laughs> But I do like Invasion of the Dinosaurs as well, purely because I like dinosaurs. All right. And we we were we, we got some dinosaur sweets and we were playing at Invasion of the Dinosaurs last night. That's true. We were doing fighting with dinosaurs. <laughs> I bet it was better footage than on Invasion <laughs> of the Dinosaurs. <laughs> clack, yeah. clack. Do you remember the front page of the? Oh, you've got we've got yeah. clack up there. Got clack up there. We've got the Chris Achilles cover. Uh, cover yes i we, agonized for ages over that because we bought yeah we went to the i love the cover though. we went to the, it's, the, it's the total, total lie to what the production <laughs> was but it's, we went yeah. to the target books exhibition and we went to the the shop and we were looking at the posters and they were they, they were quite expensive so we could only really justify getting one mm. and i stood there for ages going um loch ness monster invasion of the dinosaurs loch ness monster oh it's got to be invasion of the dinosaurs oh just one thing on invasion of dinosaurs very briefly yeah the Cockney uh, middle age, a chap from the Middle Ages with the Cockney accent. Oh, right, I thought okay. he was brilliant. Hmm. I'm gonna say Planet of the Spiders. Um, now I'll admit it sags in the middle, uh, but I think that first episode is very strong, and the story uh, becomes strong again halfway through episode five, because um, w- when uh, the Doctor goes into the cave of the great one for the first time you can see the fear on his face he, it, when when it the spider sort of possesses him and makes him twiddle around um, and you can see him fighting against it and then that 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 final episode um you know the doctor going to his doom basically and he knows what's going to happen so yeah i know i know there's a load of time wasting in the middle um Although I quite like the chase sequence. Um, it's very silly. Cause it, it, it he is, goes it, through all that and then she just teleports him yeah. out. But that first <laughs> that, that first episode and that last episode, I think more than make up for any anything that sort of happens in the middle. And it's the preconceived idea that they know they're going mm. to their, their doom and their regeneration because you had it with Hartnell going, this old body of mine is wearing a bit thin. Yeah. There's the bit where Troughton in the last episode, Jamie goes, and we can get away this way, they've turned the force field off. Yeah. And he's gone. And we, he's we questioning why yeah, they've turned the get force. Away, can yeah. we get away? And now you've got John here, who knows he's going to his death because yeah. he has to face his fear. And it's also it's also the thing that you've got so many plot threads all coming together, stuff, yeah. s- storylines that have been running from you know a season ago or more. So you've got Joe, Joe sending crystal. the crystal. Yep. You've got Mike Yates, and, and all of that coming together in in a very clever way that assumes that as a as a viewer you're not stupid yeah. that you can actually remember stuff from from some time ago um so that that's i think putting a, a bit of faith in the audience but as well but there are happy associations that come mm. to an end aren't they and, and 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 yes you've also got quite a few sort of regular 
Pertwee-era actors as yeah. well coming yes. in as well. So yeah. that, that, not, is, that yeah. is a nice sort of... Nice t- everything's sort of tied doing, up at yeah. the end. It, mm. You know, it's, it's a real sense of a whole era ending. Um, but there we go. At 10 past six, Doctor Who, and for Leela, a dangerous journey. Entertainment for Saturday evening on BBC One. At 10 past six, Doctor Who. That pathetic crustacean... Your leader? Coming up next here on Channel 17, the Doctor Who movie, The Power of Kroll. And on Channel 23, the FBI story. I've been asked to cover um, The Invisible Enemy and um, The Power of Kroll, both of which I remember very well when I was a kid. Um, and But one of which I've actually reviewed on my... Um, tape magazine Ray Face Shift in 1991 but a very long time ago so I, I can comfort it more mature um, but um, no I, it was two two stories I've been asked to review and two stories very very glad to um, Invisible Enemy uh, I'd like to take you back to 1977 uh, when I'm just a w- week off being nine and invisible and exactly 40 years to go today which is quite quite nice um, the episode, uh, episode four of the Invisible Enemy, had just gone out, and I must say I've never seen a story quite like it. Um, put it to put it in context, I, I suppose at eight, I would, I was a bit nervous of Doctor Who. I'd, I'd watched it during Pertwee, and in the second season with um, Philip Hinch under Philip Hinchcliffe, I'd been a bit scared of it really with, with um, Planet of Evil, which kind of uh, terrified me, and um, I, I'd, I'd sort of been very very interested in the show but keeping it at arm's length at the same time so Invisible Enemy was a turning point because it was a show that it had that that sort of classic um and in sort of horror content but it was toned down quite quite in the in the, the way it was done and so I was quite proud of myself at the end of the story that I watched the whole thing and not chickened and or missed anything um but the first I remember the because I missed the first episode of the previous story, um, the last episode of the previous story, Horror Fang Rock, because we went to the cinema to see The Spy Who Loved Me. Um, so the, yeah, it was, I think the first episode, I remember being reasonably eerie and intriguing, but it was the second episode that really did it for me, because um, in the Radio Times was this picture of Ke- this robot dog with, with um, the Doctor and Leela. Now, if I was to see that today, I would probably kind of think, oh, you're... Oh. But to an eight-year-old or a nine-year-old, um, that was pretty exciting. And oh, right, yes, this is a because it was a complete change of um, direction for the for the show. And I liked all the stuff in the Biol Foundation uh, and the story. The the fact that you had the Doctor in such a vulnerable position, um, and you'd have the makeup and everything, and um, and you had this invisible enemy, you know, that you couldn't quite put a hang a ho- hook on where it was coming from and uh, the other thing I, 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 like, I love about The Invisible Enemy is uh, you've got the Doctor this this is very much my adult self talking you've got the, the Doctor going into his own body and having an ethical discussion with the infection I, I just I, only in Doctor Who um, but the nucleus I've always found a, a remarkable monster I, I used to have a moan about it and I, I think it's an incredible design and also you know yes mobility is not on its side um but it's it's it's, it's an interesting malevolent 
shape and, and um yes it does does look like a prawn but it says it mentions prawns in the script um so i don't go with all this cgi thing that they've, they've done they've redone it haven't they in dot two magazine they had a, a redone version of it i thought no no um and that cliffhanger with it rising was ex- excited my interest and uh um so uh yeah i mean it's a story that captured my imagination in, in many levels and that's that's very much um bob baker and dave martin they've they've uh they they had that inventive pushing the limits and i was able to tell bob baker when we met him the other day um that uh, it was one of my favorite stories and remains so um I do, I do. You, you you quite like it, don't you? <laughs> yes, yes. Hello, it's me, Paul. Um, yeah, I like, I like it. But I think I almost... Unless I'd read the book, which I possibly had, I hadn't seen it before I met you. Mm-hmm. So I I sort of knew knew that it was... It, it, it was revered by, by you. So I probably came to it with a sort of, oh, let's see... Yeah. Um, but I, you know, I, I think I would have liked it with, without um, uh, without, without having spoken to you before. Me. But then sometimes it does, you know. There are, yeah. But there are other stories. There are other stories in that era I'm not so keen on. So I don't think you would have necessarily inf- influenced me. I think it is, uh, it's that, it's that little bit of. Uh, well, I like, I like a bit of cheese. It's quite. Uh, yes. you know, so, I mean, uh, the, the fact that it's actually criticised for being ambitious and yet. Um, there, you know, there are many, many other stories revered that uh, actually are just as ludicrously ambitious. Um, it's actually, I think it's pro- there's probably a little bit more tolerance to it these days than there used to be. Um, yes, yeah, some of the effects are, aren't brilliant, as some of the effects are. I mean, you, you know, you've got the lightning things, which are, are very good. Um, you do, I mean, <laughs> it always amuses me that the, the guy who played Grandad Boswell in Bread plays uh, a, one of the guard. You know the the people mm-hmm. taken over by the virus, and um, I like the eyebrows. The eyebrows, yes, and um, he gets shot in the leg by canine because canine's beam can't get any, and he falls down dead. Presumably, a vital organ in his leg, and um, I, I just, without, I just had this image of of hedges or whatever, you know, sort of hopping around, and the, the rest of the story going, "I'll get you, canine," <laughs> but uh, only capping it. It's, uh, but no, um. Michael's in it, isn't it? Michael's in it. It's splendid. It's his favourite story. Mm-hmm. I actually asked him what his favourite story was. I can't believe I was so so fanboyish just to do that. <laughs> but uh, I, yes, he, he was very proud of it, and he was he's proud of his performance. And Michael um, Sheard, this is of course. Yes, and uh, he yes, um, I yes, because he starts out as a good guy, mm. and it's always. I mean, yeah, they managed to bring back Marius and anything, but I, I've always assumed that the the reason why they don't sort of try and uh, revive the the other guys is um, they, they just don't have time. But it, it, is, it is a shame that Lowe and the others just <laughs> get forgotten in the. Uh, well, I think I think the idea was um, to actually introduce the antibodies and kill the virus so that it would fade away. But it all goes pear shaped because Lowe Lo smashes it to pieces. Um, I, can, but, I can imagine if I'd have been at school at the time. Also, that Mr. Um, Burnaby has has one of those sort of you know how school when you're at school you need those little hooks that when you're playing if you're playing Doctor Who in the playground oh, or something yes, you need the whole some. contact has been made oh, thing is yes. a, would be is a great little thing for you you could That's imagine right. I I was a bit too young um, to have been playing it but um, in in a way that 
not many other stories in that season have those little moments that you yes. bring, bring into absolutely uh, and there's the shrinking there was a lot that captured my imagination yeah, in that story yeah. that's why it's just it was very much a story like no none other i mean uh, the, watching it for the whole season it almost feels like it's comes from a completely different s- series mm. um it's i mean there's uh, stories that captured my imagination before that like pyramids of mars and um but i it just felt on a completely more it, it, on a different level but amazingly sort of yes over the top but it was kind of really I, I do think i do see that season in two separate halves the first three stories mm. um and the, and the second three stories and i i, I yeah I, i'm less less keen on the the second half of the season if i'm honest i'm i'm with you on that i must admit um i've i've horror fang rocks a great little claustrophobic piece um and very well played and invisible enemy is a great fun completely it, it's it, it's sort of <laughs> having been on this small little lighthouse suddenly you're boom you're out there in space it's 5000 ad you're going into the doctor's brain it's an exciting story i mean yes yeah, the visuals particularly when you first meet the nucleus um could have been a little bit better in the in the brain um, and also, it's always interested me because the nucleus is in that rock, and you see its claw, and you see its because you know, it's embedded in that. Now, the eye is here, and the claw is here, and it, it, it's quite an unwieldy basically. So it must have spent most of the story <laughs> like that, uh, as if it's very drunk, very tired, holding a pipe. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, I wonder it trying to get out. But I love that cliffhanger. Where, um, uh, uh, even now, if I'm in a <laughs> if I'm in a shower, I can't really. <laughs> 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 oh, it was always like came to life. Yeah, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I can't. <laughs> on, yeah. Actually, thinking about it, uh, the, the Hinchcliffe era is known for sort of how it's almost uh, Doctor Who's versions of classic uh, horror films mm. or whatever. Actually, Invisible Enemy fits in with that yeah. tradition, um, even with a new producer, because it's, uh, it, you know, a lot yeah. of it is based on, um, um, you know, f- sort of things that were done in, had been done in film, Doctor Who's version. Yes. But uh, the thing about Fantastic Voyage is it only borrows from, it isn't a, a straight kind of junk dunk dunk. Not like, uh, I mean, I love uh, Android's Tower of Death, but I'm, I'm well aware that it's a virtual rewrite of Prisoner of Zender. But, um, with this one, it's only really the the third episode, which mm. is um, incredible, incredible, uh, not incredible journey. That's the one with the animals. Um, <laughs> fantastic points, <laughs> right. um, but yes, uh, I just like the fact that it kept changing. You had a yeah. claustrophobic space story on the first episode, then you have a, a hospital drama in the second with with cloning, and and then you've got the, the Doctor's brain, mm. which is something we'd never dared do before, and then you've got an a, a all-action last episode. I must admit, because um, I was, it got to the, I was absolutely made up, but they repeated it the, the year bef- after, in the summer of 78, and um, I kind of, I got to the last episode where I knew the nucleus was going to be in there, and, and doing, I, I kind of really, the fanboy in me wanted to preserve it in some way, and I knew that I couldn't take an adequate photograph on the telly, and it would would have been black and white at that point as well. So I, I said, I'm going to record it because I was recording everything. I was getting really into recording then, 
and um, I said, you know, I've I set it up. And in those days, I didn't have the the same thing as I had during the Davison years with the "Please be quiet," <laughs> which um, and um, it's and my, I've got my dad. Sort of the, uh, the recording doesn't exist anymore, sadly. Um, but I did, I recorded that last episode when it was repeated, and you've got my dad coming out of the bathroom. You got <laughs> you got my sister nattering about. Um, who Louis Jameson's engaged to, or something like that, and uh, and you can't even though he was in the previous series, it's it, or the previous scene, you've got my mum's going, "Yes, K nine," in the sort of when when they're in the TARDIS, and um, and my mum going, and the last episode where he tries to shoot the guard and it doesn't work, and uh, my mum's going, oh, "His gun doesn't work." <laughs> but uh, I wish I'd had all that and me enthusing about the whole darn thing. I'm just enjoying it immensely. Uh, yeah, it was a it was what my dear wife would call a thumb up the bum. And yes, I am prepared to ignore some of its faults. I mean, um, yes, the the cross of the Bio Foundation is smashed to bits before the the you know. <laughs> I think there's only one shot where it's actually intact, but they shot everything out of order and. The first opening shot, it's damaged by the, the stuff that later happens. Um, yeah, I mean, the, the, Ian Schoons's model work is is really nice indeed, and, um, and it's, yeah, it's got a nice and it's got a nice feel to a venture feel to the whole thing. The, only only Marius stands out as a character, but it's it's to do with action. In, in a way. Um... And, and um, if you still have other things to say, please continue. But to say, in a way, uh, your two stories you're talking about uh, have similarities in that they're both aiming quite big. Oh yes, um, indeed. And, they are. Uh, on a on a small budget, so yes. Power of Quarrel equally has, you know, really. <laughs> <laughs> that actually, the interesting thing about that is uh, when the Invisible Enemy was given to. When they Bob Baker and Dave Martin, it would seem that they they were aiming high deliberately and mm. pushing the show all the time. Whereas Bob Holmes, the the the, the enormity of that idea was actually forced upon him. Mm. Uh, so I, I think one one comes willingly and the other doesn't. Mm. Um, but no, with, uh, to, to round off with Invisible Enemy, I have to say that summer of seventy eight when I with the repeat and I taped it, I started every morning. Uh, with a with a, a a buzz of excitement um, because uh, you know uh, I mean uh, there was I was a good clique of friends at the time but, uh, but I would I would start the day with the Invisible Enemy uh, you know and, and that episode I used to play and I played that uh, I know that off by heart and it was probably the first time I sat up and took notice of um, uh, Dudley Simpson as well Dudley Simpson's music um, but yeah I mean as I say. Um, Mar Marius as well appealed to me as a, as a, I think I don't know if I knew Frederick Jaeger before that or had obviously I'd, he'd been in um, uh, Plans of Evil but I hadn't actually I'm not sure I realised it was him I, I remember his character very well um, but I, I, don't, I didn't I probably didn't realise it was him so it was the first time I registered Frederick Jaeger on my my, my, my radar um, but K9 Completely, I was enthralled with K9, um, and it was just it, it just up the show for me. I was it was where, you know, it was where I started really coming out from behind the sofa and really appreciating the show again. 
and um, I never missed an episode from that point to I don't know uh, I, I think I, I, I didn't miss Curse of Fairy but I think I was doing theatre at the time so I, I kind of taped it all so I didn't actually miss it as such but um, no Invisible Enemy still one of, still remains one of my favourites it's it's got its faults um, but I've, I, I still love it to bits and um, if they, I'm still waiting for them to bring out a sort of um, figure of the nucleus, which isn't the pewter thing that looks like a humiliated Daxon dressed up, um, <laughs> as, as it was once described beautifully. I, I hooted at that description. There was a little, uh, it was it was a very poor um, when they brought out these little pewter figures, and it just looked like somebody had humiliated their Daxon hound by dressing it up in, in fancy clothes. <laughs> and that's a brilliant, brilliant description. <laughs> But no, uh, yeah, I I would actually. I'm I'm not into toys, but I would actually. If they brought out a nucleus figure, I would buy it. Um, or uh, Kane, I bless his heart. We went to that convention recently, celebrating forty years of him, and it was a pleasure to be there. And Bob Baker, sadly not Dave Martin, because he died about ten years ago. Um, but it was nice to be able to meet the man and say, yeah, I like, I really like what you did, and um, it's it was it had a huge influence. A lot, very much so, on the Magnet Editor, which was with the uh, science fiction series I started just short a few weeks after, um, and uh, a lot of stories were invis- invisible, and rip ups, and I, I fully confess to that when the book, you know, when the book comes out. But anyway, uh, Power of Kroll. Um Now this is one story that doesn't seem to have any fans because um, it, oh, I don't know. I mean, I. I I like I I, mean, I like it immensely, um, but I it doesn't. Uh, I'm quite fond of Power of Crawl. It's yeah. in my top um, three of the season. Yeah, I mean, with that season, you had co- quite a colourful range of stories. You know, it was a rich in characters and things like that. I think Power of Crawl was rather seen as a as as, as a dullard, um, but I don't think I think it's extremely underrated in just about every department, because. You've got. Uh, I think it's because you've got. You've gone straight from Tara to, which obviously with the colourful, um, Ruritanian kind of figures, and and then you've got the Moons of Delta Magna, and which is sort of like a marsh, um, the Swampies bless them. They were. Uh, I don't think I don't see them as racist at all. I think they were they were probably less racist than Lee Sen Chang in. Um, the talents of Wang Chiang, which sort of <laughs> most people suddenly, suddenly Doctor Who's not racist because it's such a good story, you know. <laughs> if, that if, yeah. if, if my mind your language, it's a bit like I'm not saying you know it was the way things were, but uh, uh, fans like it so much that story so much that they're prepared to kind of yeah well yeah, yeah it's talents isn't yeah, it? i watched that with a friend recently <laughs> and they were a bit gobsmacked who aren't yeah who isn't a doctor who fan who yeah. was a bit gobsmacked i like I, I like john bennett very much as an actor but i i i'm i i'm not sure i like i and he plays it very well but i'm i'm not sure i like the the the, the um it was it, it, i don't think by 1977 it was really necessary mm. um but no I, but anyway i'm getting off the point Robert Holmes stories, I'm a big fan of them, um, but Power of Kroll seems to get a, a mauling because it's not thi- It's not because of what it is, because it what it isn't. 
um, they always, you know, they having seen Garen and Unstoff and all the colourful kind of and uh, characters, and you get the, the verbose kind of characters like in the Sunmakers, um, and because you've got three, no, four very functional guys in the in the refinery, they would. I mean, if if Neil McCarthy as Thorn came onto the set and started eulogising in the same way that the collector or Morgus later on did, uh, it would look stupid. And you wouldn't believe in him as a working man. Um, whereas, you know, it's. I, I think that, that works nicely. Like, there's some very nice touches as well. There's anti exploitation thing. But a lot of the ideas in Power of Crow were reused in Case of Andrew's Army. And give it a good director, and <laughs> suddenly <laughs> the same ideas kind of. Oh, wow, it's a classic. It's the best story ever. But um, you know, what, it, it just stop to think. Stotts is actually a a, 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 a descendant of Morgan, um, um, of Rome Dutt, who's uh, the gun runner in Power of Kroll. And I have to say um, about about the cast because I, I think there's there's coming for a lot of criticism because Philip Maddock isn't playing the baddie. I think it's very refreshing. Philip Maddock isn't playing the baddie for a change. Um, he's he's great. He's marvelous in um, all the other th- things he's appeared in. Mm. Um, but I actually like the fact that you've got and this this guy who you know is working with the baddie, but he he doesn't really like his way of doing things. But he he doesn't make him sort of a a moral character. He just he's just he wants to get on with the work. He just finds. Um, thorn irritating, and so it, it's as one of the envisioned things that there's a fenner in every department. But I, I like the fact, and actually, I think Philip Maddox kind of the, is is visibly phased by not playing the baddie because there was a mis- mix up with his agent, and um, his frustration actually really works because the character's frustrated, um, and suspicious, and hostile, and grumpy. Um, and you've got Neil McCarthy, who does a really good job as Thorn. And what's again, I, it's the characters with Holmes that really shine. And even though you haven't got colourful kind of descriptions of things who are here, there, and everywhere, um, you've got a lovely character touch at the very beginning where Thorn comes in, and even though he's prepared to wipe out the Swampies later on, he comes in and he's actually bothered to get a whole library of tapes for his colleague. And you know, and he's and he's not too worried about money. So instantly, and but, but at the same time, he dismisses a swampy. So he, 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 he instantly, you've got light and darkness with the, with the, the, that character. And um, I, I do like that touch. It just just adds a bit of colour to the bone. Uh, I mean, I've always, I'd say um, Pirate Planet, Stones of Blood, and Power of Quad have always been my favourite three because. They're easier to watch. They're more immediate. Yeah. The other, the other three are a little bit more. Yeah. You need to pay a bit more attention, and that they're, they're, and maybe when you first see them, depending on how old you are, that they they don't necessarily jump out with here's the monsters and here's the, you know, they are perhaps oh. for a boom, the more discerning. It's all a bit harder to get into. I was ten when Crow went out, and to be honest, it was by Christmas. I wasn't, you know, I've, I as long as. As long as I wasn't too scared, I can't watch it. Um, I'm, I was, I'm, I was perfectly happy with it. I mean, the, the idea of Kroll lurking beneath the surface. I have to say that 
I missed most of the third, second episode. With well, the telly was on, it was ready. But in those days, we had very crappy DER sets which we rented. That we had terrible trouble with the um, set over Christmas, and there was I was most upset because there was here was me the first Christmas ever with colour telly, and and the, the telly was breaking down, and we saw Power of Crawling fiddly little bits merged with the Bionic Man on the next on the next channel. And I think we just got, um, I think we we just got the last few, couple of minutes or so to just it tuned in and and Hog's legs were going down the pipe. So so yeah, I wasn't too amused by that. But I I didn't know until nineteen eighty eight uh, when I finally saw the whole thing um, that um, you saw Kroll in episode two. Mm. I thought Kroll was a reveal for episode the end of episode three, but um, during the interference, Kroll had popped up, mm. and um, um, but yeah, um, you, you were saying how much you wanted to have a. When we talked about it was when I mean you mentioned saying I'd like to have a nucleus toy. Oh yes, I'd like to have, especially when I was making my films in the nineties. I would like to have had one of the 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 false Kroll that, yes, that, that the, the priests were using yes. or whatever they were. Um, to sort of pretend to be in there. That's they right. That looked good, didn't it? Yeah, that would be good. I wouldn't, I wouldn't <laughs> mind having one of those. Sort of <laughs> your play suit, you know. Yeah. <laughs> actually, that that looks really good. Actually, the first epi- beginning of the first episode. Um, I, I love the idea that it's a fourth monster. <laughs> yeah. as, as I say, Crow uh, is is supposed to be um, Holmes's best boring story. It isn't. Because um, you've, I, I mean, for my money, probably the Crotons. I mean, Crotons isn't a bad story; it's just a dull story. And um, but I think it's got more Holmes in touches than 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 even Spearhead, uh, because you've got this, you've got some lovely little Holmes touches. Because you've got um, the other thing is when the uh, the time the, he, he always uh, Holmes always nods quite nicely to contemporary little issues, and you've got. Um, of course, at the time you had the American Express advert. As you go American Express, that'll do nicely. <laughs> and um, you've got the bit where they're signing the seal with Rome Dutch uh, of the, the the gun running deal. And um, I said, well, well, "Put your put your mark on it." And he goes, "The, the mark of Kroll is sacred to our feet." We go, "Oh, that will do very nicely." <laughs> 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 I just said that. Yeah, that's that's it. And uh, uh, the Rome Dutch character actually, I've I've always. Been fascinated with uh, with Robert Holmes's rogues. Mm. The character he, he has a very interesting idea of morality in in some of his characters, and there's always a rogue, and they're always colourful, entertaining. And Rome Dutt's that Rome Dutt is undoubtedly Holmes's least celebrated and underrated uh, rogue. He invented glitz, didn't he? Yes, I mean he marvellous <coughs> glitz. But he, Rome Dutt is actually more than holds his own as a Holmes character because. He is devious, and 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 when it falls to pieces, he's he's not very good at handling it. And um, he's you've got you've got that bit where he has that exchange with um, uh, Mary Tam in the in when he's in the when he's interrogator in the swamps, and um, there's a bit where he because he's playing it Irish, he goes, "Oh, he didn't know that." And I've quite unconsciously over the years since I've been, I suppose, thirty years since I've had Kroll on some form or another of recording. Um, <clears throat> I do, you know, when people tell me facts, I, I, I find myself dipping into Rome Duck going, oh, I didn't know that. Uh, <laughs> they also, you, what interests me more and more is 
the fact that with Holmes you, you, you have acceptable rogues and unacceptable rogues. And there's a very, very, very thin line between them. Mm-hmm. I mean, you've got Rome Dutt who's selling, who's ripping off the, the, um, the Swampies who want to kill people. And you've got Garen, four stories earlier, who was ripping off the Graf in Decay, who wanted to kill people. Mm-hmm. And um, Holmes gives them very different... One, one gets a, a ship full of goodies and the other gets eaten by a monster. So, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting how, how his characters behave and how he chooses to sort of dispatch them. Not, it's not as bad a, a fate as poor Glitz who gets killed <laughs> off by Mel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's, that's, that's a horrible death. <laughs> um, but no, no, sorry, Bonnie. I, 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 I've... I've Ever since ever since Donald Noble came into Doctor Who, I've appreciated Bonnie more and more. <laughs> but but no, um, I I had to say it's it's I love his characters and Rome Dutt's no exception. You've got you've got this wonderful thing where Holmes is obviously in, when the, his plans go wrong and and they they there's a looks like Thorn's going to attack them and the Swampies want to use his guns, which are obviously rotten. And Rome Dutt's kind of Holmes is having enormous fun, kind of with this trying to. Oh, no, that's what um, no, I think we ought to hide out in the in the swamps. And, he, and as I say, the other thing is somebody, someone unkind, unkind reviewer once said that uh, the Glyn Owen uh, looks like he's performing elsewhere. Uh, um, he isn't. I, I think he's on top form. I I like him. He's a very good actor. Sadly, no longer with us, but. He's got this wonderful, cocky kind of almost. He's almost a leprechaun in in one one thing. You know, we go to. I got a lot of money. Fucking, that was a magnet. <laughs> he's really kind of, and but he's got that sort of perhaps more deadly streak that Garen didn't have, but it's just as hapless. And um, it's it's interesting to see him react with Tom Baker's Doctor as well. Um, and you've got this wonderful thing where he puts his hand on menacingly on on Mary Tam as if. Now, is he going to get violent or possibly even sexual? Um, and going back to the dialogue as well, you've got wonderful stuff. Um, there's a very, very perceptive line in the first episode where um, Philip Maddock as Fenner goes, Would you let a band of similar savages stand in the way of progress? And he goes, and Tom goes, Progress is a very flexible word. It can mean just about anything you want it to mean, mm-hmm. which is very true. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and that's, that's a good watchword for the whole series, you know, because it tackles racism, which what everyone wants to do these days. And, uh, we, you know, what is there not to like? You know, because there's, there's a lot of um, anti racist, um, you know, kind of message in it. Um, yes, the, 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 this one piece being completely green was a little bit, uh, but I mean, as I say, they are aliens, so you know they've got they've they've got that. But um, other plus night filming, very luxurious night filming. Not for this date, I think. Oh, was it? Somebody was mentioned. I think because I, I was preparing this particular comment. I'm just about to come out with was very much aimed at Trevi and Lisa, because they they were mentioning about raffles. They were doing raffles, and they were saying that. Um, they f- they felt the night to night for day day for night um, filming that they did uh, didn't work. Actually, yes. I mean, I've usually I don't complain about production values, but yeah, that's that's a bit of unfortunate uh, when that happens. And they do it in seeds of uh, stones of blood, mm. which is rather unfortunate. However, um, in Kroll you get the real thing. You get some night filming, mm. and it looks splendid. Mm. Um, 
and I, I like you, I like that fake monster. I, 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 that would be almost worth having a, and it would be quite neater, wouldn't it? The, um, than than having a great big tentacle. Um, but I liked I liked Kroll. I like the 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 figurine of Kroll is is good. It's convincing. Um, it's I think what people didn't like was the horizon line. Yeah, uh, a white the white line. It was a little bit too obvious. But the actual model itself is extremely good. Um, uh, it's it's just sometimes in perspective as well. You know, it's 140 feet high, and it's actually bobs uh, by the. Uh, and it's exciting last episode. I, I understand. Breaking out through the, the, the yeah. tube. Oh, it's great. I mean, it's 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 probably a little bit Quatermass, but um, I, I and I'm, I'm sorry, Bob didn't like it actually because I, I, it's among his least favourite stories. Um, going back to. Neil McCarthy. There was there's two things about Neil McCarthy. One of which is, well, of course, well, no, there's three things about Neil McCarthy. We lost him unfortunately to motor neurons disease in 1985. Um, but they they had, um, well, uh, when I was in the Doctor Who local group in 1986, um, I somebody bought. I think it was Andrew Wink bought, or came into possession of Thorne's costume, complete with where he got stabbed and um he, he so he actually had that and it was um it was a bit stinky after all these years because the, the fake blood was on there <laughs> i remember it whiffing a bit and the other thing was troby had a dream about 1980 1998 when we were sort of the the crawl videos were still out there um that there was this stool where and there was neil mccarthy in his thorn costume selling these videos of power of crawl and he was saying that because uh, of course he was in Mind of Evil as well, and he said to Trovi, "Mind of Evil was a crap story, but Power of Crow was great." I, uh, according to a, a text I had from Lisa, he's forgotten all about that dream, but hopefully I remember it now. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, and the other thing, well, this is just thinking off the top of my head. Um, I remember when you and I sat down and watched The End of Time, mm-hmm. in which was um, David Tennant's last story. Mm-hmm. In the Christmas New Year nine, well, no, Christmas nine, two thousand and nine, and I remember you turning me, to, turning to me at the end and saying, "That was a load of rubbish. Let's stick on Power of Crow," <laughs> uh, which of course was went out at Christmas. Uh, I, I always associate that story with Christmas uh, because it because it, it went out then, and um, and pine needles is the other thing I always associate Crow with, <laughs> um, and. Um, I'd be like, <laughs> I remember, yeah, we sat and watched Power of Crow and there's the continuity announcements on the DVD are rather good. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, you've got the original studio recording. So you've got Neil McCarthy there reacting with Philip Maddock and people don't know the wrist they're running where they ask Maddock to do something. <laughs> <laughs> but no, um, so a good adventure story and um, it's it came out a lot better than um, Norman Stewart's other uh, story, Underworld, and Bob Holmes, even in his sort of reluctantly pushed on with a stick kind of thing, is delivering the goods. And he was asked to come up with the biggest monster Doctor Who has ever seen, which he did. And I don't think he was very keen on the task, but he made the best of it and actually made it the segment, which was good. Sorry for any spoilers. Um, but what's interesting also is when he apparently in the original script the doctor sort of just goes up to the monster you're a segment and um whereas they obviously they milk it they milk it a bit in the story 
But no, I, I, I would actually say I prefer Kroll to Armageddon Factor. Um, but uh, no, it's got loads of them. You've got another word, the cast. Um, nice to see John Leeson on his office on his hind legs. Um, Philip Malik, always a pleasure. John Arbaneri in the most extravagant wig he's ever been seen in. Um, Carl Rigg, who later went on to be the first opponent of uh, Tim Dalton's uh, Bond. Um, and Frank Jarvis, who was one of the gang in The Italian Job. They could have done a sequel with um, Kroll versus the Crinoids. Kroll Crinoids? Yeah, they could have had yeah, a, Tentacles, tentacles at dawn. Tentacles uh, yes, yeah. that would have been quite nice. But no, I, I remember at the time we used to walk down with that little side bit in Harlem where you walk down to the town path, that walk to the town path. We knew a, a, a gardener called Willie Pierce who used to grow all these great big... Um, vegetable, I don't know what they were, broccoli or something, mm. and they used to rise up on a stalk and go boom, and they, and they were going over because it, it was the winter and I used to call them rotting crows. <laughs> and the other, the other thing is when I, um, when I was sent the audio tape of Kroll in the summer of 87 um, it was by Linda King who taped it off her video and she said she sent me a letter saying Might you, may you never find Kroll in your pot noodle <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah. So, yeah, Crow smashing Avenger story won't have a bad word said against it. <laughs> so, um, yeah, and um, thank you for asking me to review it. <laughs> this is my aside, you don't have to use this bit, Trevor Lisa. I was just thinking, so this is my spin off for a, a Crow, another a Crow sort of spin off series involving the Crinoid again. Um, <laughs> the Crow <laughs> adopts. Uh, what he thinks is a crawl baby, but it's actually a crinoid, and it's <laughs> and it, then the, all the episodes are about the, you know, how naughty the crinoid is, like it's like a sort of teenage sort of crawl sort of create Grange Hill sort of crossover. <laughs> okay, I'll shut up. <laughs> Grange Hill. <laughs> call, call my agent if you're interested. <laughs> Thanks again to yes. Paul and Nick. Thank you, Nick and Paul. Or Nick and Paul, because that Paul. one was more Nick, wasn't more it? More Nick, yes. yes. I think um, we should just clarify that episode one of Mind of Evil was actually um, hand-coloured hand by Stuart Humphreys yes. and, and with help from Peter Crocker. Yes. Not, that, not that, Chromadot. What, that wasn't a Chromadot recovery. No. It's the one episode one, to which you couldn't do it. Couldn't do it. Yeah. So, yeah, so it was hand-coloured and an awful lot of work was put into, into it. it so we <laughs> thought we'd better mention that because so thank you Stuart and Peter yes um you just want to say Keith Barron yes, as well Keith Barron has sadly passed away in the last week um so we will be doing a short piece on him in the next issue issue mm-hmm. 17 which is out in December and which is concerning Doctor Who in the 80s that's right okay yes. um is that it I think, I think that's, that's it, it yes it? just now for the last piece oh yes now back to us with yes. our Tom Baker season poll yes I guess you could call it yeah and then we'll do a sketch and then um, we'll get, go get away. out of your hair. Because, yeah. again, yes. sorry, You're, this one's even yes, longer it's than... Like, it's longer than War and Peace, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, this one is just massive. Yes. But, yeah, so over to us yeah. and then we'll we'll see you soon then. Yes, OK. Bye-bye. Bye. Anyway. Oh, this is going to be difficult. Right, season 12, Tom Baker is Doctor Who. Robot, the Ark in Space, the Santaran Experiment, Genesis of the Daleks, Revenge of the oh, Cybermen. <sighs> Please don't ask me first. All right. Uh, well, I'm going to have to say Genesis of the Daleks. Um, 
it's a story that means a lot to me because I had it on it's been repeated a lot I had it I had the novelization and I had the audio cassette as well I had the LP yeah yeah uh, which is one of the reasons that Warren and I ended up doing <laughs> Genesis of the Wogans our infamous audio play um, but it really is it does justify the number of repeats it's yeah, had absolutely. I think uh, you, you've got Davros you, you've got uh, Nida is and the Daleks are used sparingly yes aren't they? the Daleks are in there enough yeah. but you don't get bored of them that's the thing that you know the light is thrown onto Davros um, you know it, it's it's a real I hate to use the word classic but it is a real brilliant performance by Michael Wisher oh, really absolutely. establishing the character um, and it's it's just dealing with big issues which is what the show should do from time to time Doctor Who grows up at this point yes okay Lisa uh, I'm going to say the Ark in Space okay because um, Tom's he, he's got his character now he spends a lot of robot trying to work out how he's going to play it and, and doing sort of comedy things and things and he's finally got it in the Ark in Space it was again it was very exciting to see on, on video for the first time I think I might have had the edited version and then I got, I got the, the four part version later on and I really like Richard and Morgan you know Richard and Morgan's character is, is great mm-hmm. and he's a beacon of what humanity should be like he's selfless and he gives his life for the good of humanity and there's not enough people in the world like that <laughs> Orin I'm going to have to go for Genesis of the Daleks I'm afraid okay um, don't be afraid I won't be afraid I was at the time absolutely petrified the first one that has put me behind the sofa yeah what was scary about it then? it was it was dark yeah and even as a um, as a four year old I could tell it was dark it was a horrible story mm-hmm. it was claustrophobic there wasn't going to be a happy ending no and it was just it was convincing and the characters are convincing. They weren't comic. I'm not saying all the characters. Robot was very light-hearted. I thought Kettlewell was a very light-hearted eccentric. Mm. There was none of that in Genesis. Genesis was. Um, it also had um, harkings from the the Nazi era. There didn't yeah. it with the uniforms mm. and NIDA and salutes and the salutes. It there was nothing that I could look at and go. I'm watching a TV program here because it sucks you in yeah. and it is very dark and it scared the willies out of me. Okay. Season 13, Terror of the Zygons, Planet of Evil, Pyramids of Mars, The Android Invasion, The Brain of Morbius, The Seeds of Doom. Oh, This one's boy, another this difficult one's really one. difficult, isn't it? Yeah. Lisa, do you want uh, to go first? Yeah, Pyramids of Mars. Okay. It's got right. a shield in it. It's got a shield, it's got in, a shield in it. <laughs> what more could you want? <laughs> And I, I like all the stuff. I know it harkens back to, to Death to the Daleks and all the stuff, you know, the puzzle solving and, and that. But I kind of like that. And I think I'd seen this before I'd seen Death to the Daleks. So it did, that didn't really bother me. So, yeah, I like Death to the Daleks. It's a, uh, I, like Death, I do like Death to the Daleks. Pyramids of Mars. Yeah, it's a good story. Good historical. I'm Seeds of Doom. Mm-hmm. Um, however, I believe this is the season mm-hmm. that... Tom and Liz 
nailed their character's relationship. Yeah, they're on top form. They are absolutely. Yeah. In fact, I it was sad. I was actually quite sad when Ian went yeah, right. in Terror of the Zygons. Yeah, yeah. I quite like Terror of the Zygons. Yeah, I can forgive yeah. the monster at the end. Yeah, uh, I actually like the premise of Terror of the Zygons. It's a it's an invasion of the body snatchers. It's fun. But those three characters, for me, as far as I was concerned, were the Doctor Who's... Uh, he was my Doctor. Those were the two assistants I will always remember growing up with. I always wanted to be Harry Sullivan. If, if we were playing Doctor in the, uh, in, the, in, the, in the playground, I am Harry Sullivan. I didn't yeah. want to be the Doctor. But see to do, because that's another, another cracking one. And mainly because the house is down here in Dorset. Yeah. Uh, and I recognised... Uh, uh, where they filmed it well I'm going to have to agree with you on Seeds of Doom again pure atmosphere utterly terrifying yeah. for a kid watching it um, even the trailer was scary I remember seeing the trailer and it's just that that sort of feeling that a you know the pod is going to open and mm. what's going to come out of it you know i remember being scared of the pod and all it was doing was sitting there and the bit where they in there's a couple of sh those fantastic model shots of the crinoids sitting on top of the house yes and that was that was utterly yeah. terrifying and it's i think it was the only doctor who monster i had dreams about afterwards didn't really ever have dreams about daleks i had cybermen coming up the um up the front lane yeah but never got into the house. They always were marched up the lane. Yeah, but yeah, that, that, just that mm. shot. And even even now, looking at the photographs of mm. it, it's a fantastic piece of work. Well, on it's um, yeah. Douglas, isn't it? Yeah, on a, on a low budget. Um, I just have to give an honourable mention though to the um, mind bending scene in the in the brain of Morbius. Oh, you love that scene. Oh, I, I love, love that, that scene because yeah. of its original intention. Yeah. yeah, not the intention that's been rewritten since that mm. it's Morbius. It's as, not Morbius. As a kid watching, Morbius doesn't wear stupid uh, as a hats. kid watching, all those strange faces were doctors that I didn't know about. Yeah, and the mm. idea that I didn't know everything about the doctor's past was opens wonderful. Wonderful doors it opens. Doesn't yeah, it? I mean, yeah. I remember sitting, I remember sitting there th thinking, "Is that Guy Fawkes was Doctor Who?" Because yeah. because one yeah. of the faces it seemed to look like Guy, what I imagine Guy mm. Fawkes was, and the idea that. Could that, you know, could that have been possible? But the idea that, it, that the Doctor had so much past yeah. that we didn't know but about. It's exciting. Yes. And it's no way it's Morbius. Morbius has not got enough yeah, sense of humour to wear those hats. Beards, hats and feathers. <laughs> no. <laughs> right, season 14. <coughs> Excuse me. The Mask of Mandragora, the Hand of Fear, the Deadly Assassin, the Face of Evil, the Robots of Death, the Talons of Wen Chiang. Another, what? another difficult one. Yeah. For me, it's Robots of Death. Okay. And only just, because I love Talons. Mm -hmm. I really do love Talons. But it's Robots of Death because it's an Agatha Christie murder mystery okay. by any other name. And I love those kind of things. I'm just looking at the ratings And it's got Russell season. Hunter in it. There's an awful lot of ones with plus 10 million. Yeah. Look, at, look, look at those. Yeah. Um, yes. Okay. Um, I'm going to say Talons of Wang Chiang. Again, I think Doctor Who's very good... Um, when it's mixing s Victorian era with slightly odd science, which is what you, you, you've got colliding here. 
Um, Pseudo Victorian science. Yeah, but you've got you've got five you've got the fifty first century and the nineteenth, <laughs> all, all influence all influence the story. I do remember that Mister Sin terrified me as well. Yes, um, and and it's one of those occasions when I I remember misunderstanding a line as a kid because there's a line about it operated on a printed circuit. Now we know. I know now that that means that it's the electronics inside it, 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 it its head, basically. Um, but as a kid, I imagined a printed circuit was something like a railway track laid out on the floor mm-hmm. of their house, and it would move up and down this circuit, yeah. as though there were there were lines laid out for it to walk up and down, and somehow it esca- it broke free from this circuit. Uh, which which is why it, it was it was then dangerous because it wasn't operating on the printed circuit anymore. Yeah, so it was, it was one of those really weird things that you read the script back, and that that thought still comes back to me. Very strange, but Warren, can I just go for a two pronged answer on this one? You can try. Emotional wise, Hand of Fear. I will I will put my hand up and say I cried at the end of Hand of Fear. Mm-hmm. I always do. Yeah. Still have a tear in the eye now because it, it reminds me of uh of that particular when you're that young, but it was a big wrench uh, emotional wrench with what I saw as a cornerstone going. Mm-hmm. And as a child you it's not I didn't see I saw Tom more as a role model than I did any of the companions, but Liz Liz was my companion. Uh but for pure terror mm-hmm. and entertainment got to be talons isn't it yeah that bloody great rat (laughs) (laughs) okay season 15 horror fang rock the invisible enemy image of the fendal the sun makers underworld the invasion of time warren horror of fang rock okay wow (laughs) wow I, i love it absolutely love the idea of being stranded on a rock it's the old sort of 1950s B-movie, isn't it? Yeah. The monster's outside. It's it, isn't it? The creature from the other world. It's outside there, and there's that lovely chilling line. As, even as a child, it, it sent a shiver up my my uh, my back when Tom goes, I've made an awful mistake. I thought I'd locked it out, but I've locked it in here with, with us. us. Bang, titles. Yes. Wow. Mind <laughs> I loved it. Uh, it was the claustrophobic nature... I was a little, little bit uh, disappointed that everybody died in it, except um, Tom and, and Leela. Um, after reading, uh, it wasn't quite shortly after, a couple of years afterwards, I read Why, mm. um, just so they could put the, uh, the was it the Ballad of Flannan Isle, Flannan Isle at the yeah. end. But yeah, th- I love that story and I still love it now. That had a big impact. Lisa, right. Um... I think I might have to go for Image of the Fendal. Ooh, okay. Because it's... I don't know, there's something about it. It's got a great cast. Mm. I do worry about Leaky the dog. Where did Leaky the dog go? Did Leaky <laughs> the dog get out of the house before it blew up? Yes. Is he living with Granny Ty- Grandma yes. Tyler? Yes, we think he did. Yeah, he yes. ran in and got yeah. under the table. Under the table, them. yeah. Okay. Yeah. I just love it. It's a really great story. It's got uh, interesting villains, you know, um, uh Stahl is a, is an interesting villain. Stale. Stale. Um, yeah, it's got a great cast. 
Really? You like Granny Tyler. And I like Granny Tyler. And she's she, I saw her in an episode of Angels and she was playing it almost exactly the same way but without the accent. <laughs> Star was um the only time I'd seen Star was in the Dad's Army film doing a real cod German accent. Oh, yes, yes. And I was waiting for him to do his cod German accent when I saw this. Uh my vote is also for Horror Fang Rock. Um unrelenting atmosphere is, is the thing. Um this the the just just um Reuben walking up the stairs. I do with, like his evil grin, yeah, Colin yeah. Douglas. That is very yeah. scary. With Dudley's music underscoring it. It's yeah. it's it's another of these stories where they've turned the lights down. Yeah. And again again it's it's it harkens back to what I've said before. It it's it's sort of turn of the century and it's far enough back that superstition has still got a place in people's beliefs. You know, if that story was set a hundred years later, people wouldn't believe any of the stories yeah. they were told. But you've got characters there that if they're to- told a story about something that happened here previously, um, it's always at the back of their heads, you know, is this happening again tonight? And again, immaculately shot, considering the... It was done at Pebble Mill. Yeah, the considering the, the fact yeah. they were basically having to rewire the studios to make to make the thin thing work, and you've got the, the problems of the of the that glass set, yes, and the, and the CSO the and everything yeah. like that, and Tom Baker, uh, and Tom Baker being in a bit of a mood. Mm. Um, but what what ends up on screen is is fantastic. It's, it's awesome. very good. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I do love horror fang rock as well. It holds your attention for that ninety minutes, doesn't it? Mm. Mm. In fact, after we went to Regenerations last year, because they talked, they had a panel about it. We immediately watched it the night we got back. Yeah. So. Reboss Operation Pirate Planet, Stones of Blood, Androids of Tara, Power of Crawl, Armageddon Factor. Who wants to go on first on that one? Mm. <laughs> Well, I'm going to say The Stones of Blood. Okay. Um, definitely a story of two halves. You've got yeah. all the Hammer Horror stuff. Yeah. But then you've got all the hyperspace stuff yeah. as well, which... It suddenly goes a- all sort of Douglas Adams, it? Which appeals to me in a different way. Yeah, yeah it, It's a very clever juggling of two different styles of, of story. Um, I do remember, um, I think it's... Yes, it's episode two was shown on the 4th of November 1978 and that that's we watched Doctor Who and we, we went out and we had our fireworks party that night so there's a lovely association there um, and, and weirdly the sort of Megara are a bit like floating fireworks <laughs> they're sort of all sparkling but yeah um, I, I, I like I like a good stone circle anyway um, but yeah all, all the hyperspace stuff appeals from a science fiction point of view as well so yeah, two things going on in that story, nicely balanced, I think. Lisa, um, Angels of Tara for me. Yeah, yeah. Because it looks beautiful. It's got great costumes, and it made me go to Leeds Castle. Leeds Castle, which is it's in, not in Leeds. Well, it's, in Kent. Yes, yes. Yeah. Not the one up north. Not well. There isn't one up north. Leeds. Yeah. That Leeds. Not that Leeds. No, that's just the name of the castle. Yeah, I just love it. It's, I mean, Peter Jeffrey. You cannot get a better villain than Peter Jeffrey. Oh, he's pantomime. He's just, but yeah, but he's so pantomime. clearly enjoying himself. Yeah, he's having the best time. And um, and Paul Lavers is brilliant in it. Um, hello, Paul Lavers. Yes, hello, Paul Lavers. He he, he retweets stuff of us <laughs> sometimes, and yeah, I just like it. It's it's a good story. Yeah. 
Warren. Sorry, I'm just having a look at the screen because my brain went blank there, which is nothing That's new. Reboss pirate. pirate. It has to be pirate. I, pirate. Pirate planet, all right. Yeah. Um, ooh, that's a look. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm very fond of pirate planet. I'm, I'm fond of it. It's the one that sticks out in my mind. So I'm going from memories of seeing the uh, seeing it at original transmission here. Yeah. Um, but I like Pirate Planet because it was so much fun. Yeah. I was... Um, I've been scared a lot by Who, and now it was fun, and I chuckled most of my way through that. Uh, I just like the daftness of it all as well, and I was I loved the captain. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the captain it's is just fantastic. We, we've got good. where is it? Uh, there he's, he is. Sit, he's sitting behind you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, mm. Bruce Purchase. I thought Bruce um, was brilliant. Mm. We've got a Bruce Purchase print, yes. which is a picture of the pirate captain and and Tom, Tom that Bruce wrote. Yeah. Bruce wrote. Bruce drew. We did write on it. He says, "Lisa, Lisa, best wishes." Bruce purchased nineteen ninety eight. Blimey, yeah, maybe twenty years ago. No, I agreed. Yeah. Uh, I I like I love Bruce's um, uh, portrayal. I think it's brilliant, spot yeah. on for that uh, mechanical, uh, maniacal figure that he was. Season seventeen, Destiny of the Daleks, City of Death. The cre- creature from the pit, nightmare of Eden, the horns of Nymon, and I'll include Sharda. It's got to be City of Death, hasn't it? Is this going to be unanimous? Yeah, I don't know. it's 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 just perfection. Warren, you perfection. Could... Yeah. Oh, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. This is three votes for City of Death, isn't City it? City of Death. The score, the music score, has oh, to be it's mentioned. Just, yeah, it's, it's divine, divine, isn't it? It's it divine. is. It's. <laughs> It's honey, isn't it? Yeah. It's honey being poured into your eyes. And it's, I mean, it's, again, it's got a great cast. Oh. Julian Glover and Catherine Schell and Tom Chadbon, David Graham, all giving it their best. There's Nobody's drama, giving there's comedy, an OTT there's violence, <laughs> <laughs> there's the world exploding. Yeah. It's fantastic. It's just brilliant. And there's... Um, a green-eyed monster, bug-eyed monster, yeah. isn't there? <laughs> with a the nose. Could, what with a nose? What yeah. more could you have? Yeah. If nobody ever told you about that nose, would you've noticed it? Because no, once you know, once you've been told, you can't help spotting it. But and there's David Graham. Yeah, David Graham. He's fantastic. He's and the lovely. chicken. And the chicken. And the chicken. Chicken gives a great performance. I mean, it's interesting. This is written <laughs> about the time that you know Douglas Adams is trying to juggle an awful lot of yeah. stuff at once too many things going on yeah. at the time isn't yeah because he, he's 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 sort of doing hitchhiker as well at, at, at this at this time so it's amazing I, that a anything was finished absolutely yeah and well didn't they just lock him in a room they, they locked go, him like, in the room right. lo- washed him down with, uh, with whiskey, whiskey isn't yes. it yes um but that's yeah, a lovely well, I, I, that's I, how you create beautiful yeah. stuff isn't it I, I think it does show that when when sort of douglas is Writing as fast as he can, yeah. what comes out it's is just genius, brilliant. Because yeah. I do love that second season of Hitchhiker on the radio, yeah, um, where he was like writing it in one room and handing it to them to record in the next room. And there's so much stuff in there that that's just just written in a panic, but he's brilliant. His head, his contents of his head are amazing. Yeah, yes. So yeah, th- this is this is Douglas. It's comedy. You feel, science- you feel it's the real Douglas to me. Yeah, but- there's comedy science fiction, but there's jeopardy. Yeah, there's there's so much hanging on a thread. There's the existence of Earth or the existence of the Jaggeroth. 
I mean, yeah, it, the the idea that the world is saved by a punch at the right point in time yes. Yes. is is yeah. brilliant. Um, and that, yeah, that that could if if that wasn't structured right, it, it's it's all to do with the structure of the of the story, and and it, it is a joke, but it, it it ties up all the plot as well, and that's very very clever. I've yeah. I've been to the Louvre, and I've stood there, and I turned to the girlfriend at the time and said. It's a fake. <laughs> and walked off, chuckling. As you watch it, it's got. This is a fake, and felt pen written on the back of it. So I don't get it. Oh well, you know, there it is. I'm putting it out there. <laughs> <laughs> Did you ever explain? Never explained. Oh, good. No, not at all. Right, and Tom's final season. The Leisure Hive, Meglos, Full Circle, State of Decay, Warriors Gate, The Keeper of Truck, and Legopolis. Lisa. State of Decay. State of Decay. Okay. I had it on cassette. You had, had it on cassette. That, I had that where Tom yeah. was doing the voices yeah. as well, yes. So before I even saw, saw the story, I was quite familiar with it. Yeah. I was very fond of it. And it, it's full of atmosphere. I mean, it's not perhaps as... Hello, Martha, what's the matter? Martha wants to go upstairs. Um, <laughs> it's perhaps not as be- best shot as some things. But it is very nice it's yeah it's just and I can sort of I can almost remember whole passages of it you know the passage where he talks about how the names change over and he in you he does the names and you're like oh oh right Sorry, yeah. Sparky. Yeah. Yeah. Sparky, you know. Sparky, yeah yeah uh, yeah so yeah okay I'm gonna say Warriors Gate oh. it's all right Martha running past I'm gonna say Warriors Gate because again it's it's the show trying something utterly original. You've never seen anything on the on the sort of screen in Doctor Who like Warriors Gate. It's all all the slow motion stuff when um, the Farrell runs in and it, it, you've got like feedback imaging, imaging um, sort of echoes in time of him. You've got the idea of. Um, the gateway to another universe. You've got this bubble universe slowly shrinking because of the gravity of the ship. It's just bonkers ideas being thrown around. Um, but um, I, I would have been twelve when this is shown, and it really sort of appealed to my imagination that, that I didn't feel I'd ever seen anything like this. Um, it's one of those stories you have to watch more than once I think to get a full appreciation of it um, but again that's treating the audience you know with a bit of respect yeah. um, I didn't see it again um, for years afterwards but it was remarkable how, how much of that imagery stuck with me not so much the plot but just just the image of the of the of the gateway in the sort of blank space the the black and white photograph stuff with Tom walking through it in color and it's just very, very strange stuff, and and the thought that Doctor Who could still surprise me, yeah, like like oh, like that, that was 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 remarkable. Warren, I'm going to be unfortunately very bland and go with Lisa because Lisa mm. just explained extr- extremely well the way I think about Stage of Decay. I heard it first on the audio. Um, and I didn't know what to expect, and I have only recently seen it. All right. In fact, I have not seen 
Megloss since transmission. Oh, all right. So there's big holes in my head regarding Megloss. I have watched Warriors Gate in the last year. Uh-huh. I get where you're coming from. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've watched bits of Kipper. <laughs> uh, we've all seen Logopolis. 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 Um, but I, because of the reason, exactly the same reasons as yourself, mm. I had the audio cassette. Yeah. It's possibly one of the first audio cassettes of who I got. Yeah. And that's and why I, I, hold, I, that's I hold. never had it. I, no? I was aware that it existed. Well, it's but fun, isn't it? I don't it think I've ever fun. heard it. Because yeah. Tom's doing all the voices, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, not especially well, I have no, to I say. No, I like the old man voice yeah. that he did. Yeah. That, um, it's the voice he uses from all... Um, Solon in the yeah. Brain of Morbius yeah. yeah, and we 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 going oh, Tom that's wrong he's Welsh and Philip Maddock <laughs> <laughs> but no I I like it uh, I, I, that's the one I've I've seen most of recently yeah. after that and I'll go with the memory as well okay mm. well thank you for for that everyone that's, that's you've given me some surprises there I thought that, I guessed some of what you were going to say but yeah. I'm 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 pleased that you surprised me as well so there mm. we are that's okay. That's the 70s and a bit of the 80s. Yeah. Absolutely. There we go. Thank you then. Bye. 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 Hello. I'm in my living room and I've been captured by some cosplayers from Gallifrey Base and they think they've got the upper hand, but never mind, that's another sketch. Now, a little while ago I happened to be down the pub and I was having a discussion with a friend of mine who said that on the internet you have some successful podcasts and he started to get a little bit competitive about certain shows that are either long-running or pedantic and naturally he quoted the Shy Life podcast, which he said was very prolific, and he quoted among the pedantic ones around the archives. Well, of course, I I didn't want to put him down, but I just had to talk about some of the tape scenes I've listened to over the years. I mean, I remember in the 80s. Do you remember Sonic Waves? Sonic Waves wasn't very long-running, really. I think it only ran to six issues, but it was extremely entertaining. It was an audio scene. That means it was on tape, and I'll tell you how entertaining it was. Several articles by Matthew Sweet it had in a northern accent. When he wanted to record an article, he used to do it on a windy hill, apparently, as there was often a lot of noise in the background. That was Sonic Waves. Then there was the SFOW Express. Do you remember the SFOW Express? Troby was on that. Tall as a Douglas Camfield and three times his circumference. That tape scene, the SFOW Express, had a play that used clips from Troby's audio collection just to pat it out. It had this play with clips from the Doctor Who sound effects album and Kenny Everett and the Wurzels and things like that, and Bugsy Malone, about how Michael Grade was a deadly enemy to man. Now that was a play. Quite difficult to listen to, but somehow I managed it with a bit of help from Warren. What's that you say? You don't believe me? Well, you just look in our cupboard under the stairs. Ah! Ah, ah, ah. Bye-bye. That was episode 16 of Round the Archives, starring Paul Chandler and Nick Goodman, with Lisa Parker, Andrew Trowbridge and Warren Cummings. Thanks also to Ali Goodman. On the musical side, you heard Dan Tate and Paul Chandler. The scripts were by Malcolm Hulk, Bob Baker and Dave Martin, and Robert Holmes. And the producers were Barry Letts and Graham Williams.
Hello, hello, hello. 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 Warren is here on the sofa. Yes. <laughs> <And> we... <laughs> What's funny about that? And we are going to go through. <laughs> what is funny? Sorry. Carry on. <laughs> I think we better start that again. Sorry, I don't know. Warren is here again. Hello. On Hello. the, the sofa. Oh, the sofa. Yes. Yeah, so far so good. Uh-huh. Uh, yes, we are going to go through John Thomas. <laughs> John. John and Thomas. No, that's rude. 